0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 452 being recorded on the last day of May. I'm Ryan Schraub. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom.
1: I'm Josh Walrath, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Alan Malventano.
0: Oh, everything's all better now. So uh, it's a busy week, guys. It's Computex week, uh, and that means we don't have a lot of time to sit here and do things like write stories during the show, or whatever. We got a lot of yeah. important content to really mm-hmm. discuss. Right, Alan? Right. Because I know normally we have the podcast starts at 10, and so your deadline was moved up an hour, and yep. maybe you weren't really prepared for very, it. Right, very busy. You know, but uh, just making sure everything is in, is in order mm-hmm. and in place. Yep, yep. Uh, so uh, real quick. PCper.com slash live. We record the show on Wednesday nights, almost always at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Today, we st- try to start a little bit early because we do have a lot to talk about. We want to make sure that we're home before 3 in the a.m. Um, so we'll, we'll try to make that happen. We'll see what we can do. Uh, if you want a reminder so you can get notifications when we say move the show up an hour or we host other types of live streams, if you go to PCper.com slash subscribe, you get this page right here. Asks for your name and your email address and I send you... Uh, an email because that is how the contact information you you gave me um, with information about what we're going to do and why and when and how and all that type of stuff. So please sign up for that if you can. Uh, And then, of course, we have our Patreon campaign continuing to run at patreon.com slash pcper. Uh, This is your way to kind of uh, uh, contribute to the site on a recurring basis, right? If you you do ad block, if you think uh, our content is interesting and and useful and worthwhile for you, you like watching the show, you like reading the articles, whatever it happens to be, um, you can go here and read our story about why this is an important part of what we do and hopefully become a, a regular contributor yourself and if you do that if you increase your contribution and or become a new contributor through patreon uh during the live stream i will call out your name um uh on the live stream and i will say thank you i guess uh and that's it that's all i got patreon.com slash pc i've got some concepts for more pictures right i think our our discussion last week was um you were going to do uh, – what are those – that type glamour of – Glamour shots. Is that company still around, you think? I don't know, probably. They used to be like in all the malls, right? Nah, the we could do, could do a moon
1: and then three Josh's howling. Ooh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it got to be something other than a moon. What would it be? Like maybe like a racing wheel? That would
1: be wheel? his belly. A,
2: a
0: CD. Ooh, an optical disc. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. like a Blu-ray optical disc. Yeah, and maybe physical a yeah. disc. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Somebody photoshopped that together for us. Hey, Josh, could you real quick um, look at the camera and make a howling face? Well, that's just going to be Photoshopped <laughs> uh, <that's> for a <laughs> howling. That's, that's, yeah. that's, 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 uh, that's, that's something that's else. Poor. That's going to be bad. Yeah. This yeah, will end Alex, perfectly. you're not allowed to Photoshop on. Perfectly. That's good. Look, and I don't know to. what my face was like, uh, but that's probably the thumbnail for the show all right so um we got a lot a lot of stuff to talk about so uh i apologize uh, in advance if we touch on something very lightly and we move on um keep in mind that if you go to pcper.com podcast we have all the show notes for everything we talk about so the links to all the stories on pcpro.com that we talk about so if, like say for example maury posted a review of the msi z270 uh pro carbon motherboard And then, say, we had, like, a thousand other motherboard things to talk about. And so I just said, hey, you should go check out this review of this motherboard, the Z270 motherboard from Mori on PCPer.com. It seems to be a pretty rockin' ass motherboard. Uh, It's got Lightning uh, USB 3.1 Gen 2. I assume that just means USB 3.1 Gen 2 and that it's Lightning fast, not that it is a Lightning port that I believe only exists on Mac hardware. Lightning, it's the iPhone one. Yes, correct. Gotcha. Uh... VR Boost, I don't know what that is, but you can read about it on the review at pcper.com. I will always, of course, go to the last page of these articles to see, really check in on the CMOS battery placement. It is crucial. These motherboards always look so different without their LED uh, Photoshop effects done on them as Ken found out during the week of a cup So this is actually a pretty low cost board, moderately cost, $165 from B&H, 175 from Newegg, 180 from Amazon. Um, uh, unable to run memory at speeds above about 3200, that's kind of an important a, a deficit, I guess, for that particular board. CMOS battery placement also in the weaknesses. Um, so something to keep in mind. This is, a, a like I said, moderate cost board, from MSI, the Z270 Gaming Pro Carbon. Check out that review, PCPartPicker.com. Amazing, amazing, amazing things, things, things. Um, so now, let's move on to the start of the Computex onslaught of announcements. And I've kind of grouped these not in any um, numerical order or uh, uh, chronological. Chronolo- thank you, chronological which, order. Which order. This is I've kind of tried to group them in, in ideas. M- Mishmash. No. no. So like the first segment's going to be about Intel stuff. We're going to talk about Core i9, we're going to talk about 8th gen perf claims that they make, uh, X299 boards from just about everybody. Okay. Uh, and then we'll get into AMD stuff and we'll go down the realm that way. So don't think your favorite story isn't going to be covered. Um our rundown is quite long and uh Did it's You say you got to two double letters on the Yeah, on the I, I had never made a bulleted list in yeah. Google Docs where I t- hit enter and went AA and I was like, hmm <laughs> That I sucks. Th- I think that means 27. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we may or may not have done culling or adding since then. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so, in a surprise to literally nobody, Intel did announce their Skylake X, Cabby Cabi- Lake X parts, otherwise known as Core i9, i7 family now. Um, This is this can this so we don't have benchmarks we don't have processors yet we basically were given uh, the specifications and pricing which is interesting of these parts so this is kind of the important thing to really look at they're actually uh, announced nine processors in this new form factor it is the uh, LGA twenty sixty six socket it is this is a new chipset X two ninety nine but if you look at that table you'll see that there is everything from a $2,000 $2,000 Core i9 7980XE down to a $242 Core i5 7640X, um, and there's all kinds of interesting discussions to have just by looking at this table. So let's start. At, let's start at the high end, the impressive shit, right? So you've got your uh, 7980XE, which is did they did they have an ext- was it there was no XE? There's no extreme. Well, it, there was an X,
2: which stood for extreme, because the other ones were Ks before.
0: Yeah, looks like the 6950x. So they had to add an e. Right. So now you know it's it's, it's extra extreme. I think that's how that works. Um, so this is an 18 core, 36 thread processor. Desktop processor. Yeah. This is this no notebook processor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, it's only 18. running at one gigahertz. But yeah. <laughs> right. So I will say so so Intel basically announced they announced a quad core. Non-hyper-threaded, uh-huh. quad-core hyper-threaded, uh-huh. then a 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, and 18-core And what was their processor. previous maximum on a desktop part? 10. So the 6950X stopped at 10 cores, 20 threads. Um, and then, you know, at the AMD Financial Day, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, AMD announced Threadripper, which was going to be a 16-core, 32-thread part and my guess that is might some that totally be the reason for this. It's not a coincidence <laughs> that we went up to 18 here with this particular processor. I do I mean it just looking at this segment I will say like even if you just go from 10 to 18 there's too many parts here. Right? Like 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 um like there's two three hundred megahertz two to three hundred dollars rather between these parts for two cores. Like the kind of person that says, I want the fourteen core but not the sixteen core, but not the twelve core. I don't know what that segment is. I don't know I mean it's by money. Yeah, but I mean if you're paying thirteen ninety nine, there's sixteen ninety nine and then eleven ninety nine surrounding it. Yeah. Right? And if you're paying thirteen ninety nine, I I realize everybody has a different limit, whatever it is, but like it's I mean that's almost
2: fifty percent more for the twenty core.
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> that's, well, I that's mean money. The ten there's first of all there's no twenty core. Or the eighteen. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So I mean uh, the ten core is nine ninety nine, and then you go up to eleven ninety nine, so two hundred bucks. Then you go up to the fourteen core, which is thirteen ninety nine, and then the four. Uh, uh, sorry, sixteen core, which is sixteen ninety nine, and then the eighteen core is nineteen ninety nine. So um, you know, well, the question is how much to money to go down you when you bought in bulk. Yeah, price. <laughs> <laughs> the per core value, has. I don't, we'd have to do the division here, uh, but I'd like to see what the per, per core cost is. Um, it's also worth noting, you look at the table, we don't know clock speeds um, or PCIe lanes necessarily for the 18, 16, 14, 12. I don't I think we'll see anything over the 44 lanes of PCI Express that we see on the um, uh, 10 core part. The 7900X, I'm not going to try to make you guys remember these names. Although, uh, actually, they, they, they did pretty good. The 7900X is 10 cores. And what's the second number in 10? Zero. zero right? So, 7900. Oh. The 7920 is the 12 core. The 7940 is 4 core Okay. and whatever. So, that, that should help. I mean, that works. So, they didn't tell us clock speed. So, they're still trying to figure that part out. The only thing, the, the highest we actually have all the specs for is the 10 core. Which is a 3.3 boost up to, am uh, sorry, 3.3 base up to 4.5 boost. Uh, they've raised the DDR4 memory speeds on this up to 2666. Um, TDPs up to 10 cores are 140 watts. Above that, you're going to look at 165 watts. So that's a that's a, a thermal limit that has already existed on Xeon parts, right? Ken, like the yeah the part we have in our streaming machine is a 165 watt TDP, I believe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is, a, is it an 18 core or 16 core? No, it's a fourteen in there, isn't it? We're gonna we're gonna do a look. Uh, quick, do the math. Four times six is twenty-four, so it's a twelve-core. 12. Yeah. Okay, twelve-core. Um, so, rather than kind of walk through clock speeds and all that, I will point out they did a couple of interesting things on their cache. The cache is now on the Skylake X parts is divided differently. They are now increasing the amount. the The amount of total cache is kind of close to the same, but they're they're increasing the amount of per core exclusive cash that exists and shrinking the amount of shared cash between them yeah. um, and this is this is obviously just a tweak on them based from them based on like workload analysis and, and kind of where they see the most uh, advantageous benefits there um, we'll have to see what workloads that actually applies to later this month uh, so a couple of things one the eight core 16 thread part the 7820x is priced at 599. $100 over the MSRP of AMD's Ryzen 7 1800X, which is an 8-core 16-thread part. Uh, the 8-core 16-thread part previously was, what, 1000 $1,100, bucks, the, the Broadwell-E part? Um, so that mm-hmm. represents a four dollars to $500 price dedu- reduction um, on the 8-core solution from Intel. And it's clear that this is a reaction to what AMD is able to do with Ryzen, uh, wow. which is good. Right, and then you go down to a six-core; it's down to 389. Now that six-core part is less than the eight-core uh, 1700X, even from Ryzen, uh, but a little bit more than the 1700. Um, and it goes all the way up to 2,000 bucks. So there are definitely, you know, people who complained about there being a 1700-dollar part last year mm-hmm. uh, will find no reason to believe that Intel just still not like money. By releasing a two thousand dollar <laughs> part, but again, if you if you compare generation to generation, the ten core part last year was seventeen hundred bucks. The ten core part this year is nine ninety nine, mm. right? So a seven hundred dollar reduction in MSRP there. Clearly, they're reacting, um, and I think clearly the eighteen core is 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 a reaction there. The clock speeds on these are relatively high. Um, the let's see, do I have a slide on here? This is this is the eighteen core. Uh, Core i9-7980XE And look at those app.
1: two interesting looking cores. Which ones? They're about? all uh, identical. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. Except these these two like right here. That one, one and the one down like there. The there you go.
1: What's so special uh, about Two those? of those things are not like the other. I think well, they, there's some theory that there may be some cache in bus.
3: Uh, okay. Oh, that the extra excess cache would be like... so. Got to put it somewhere, right?
0: Um The other and the, uh, let's let's bring up these other two parts here before we go on the next page. The the Core i7 7740X and 7640X Core i5. Those are all sounds, those
1: PCIe lanes.
0: They sound. Look at familiar. all of them. Uh, 16 of them. These are just these are Cabby Lake parts. These are essentially the same core architecture that exists in the 7700K today and the 7600K in your LGA 1150. Is it 1150? Yeah, eleven. 11 uh, I would go one one five X when I type it out, so I don't ever remember which which one they are exactly anymore. Think <laughs> think of how many unused pins in that twenty sixty six.
1: Yeah, because these are in this, and they're only using dual channel memory. Okay, I've, I've got a question about this, and have yeah. they addressed it at all? Is how do you know which DIMS you can populate when you've got one of these oh, in which slots? You I can mean, use? the motherboard
2: has to have a silk screen yeah. that tells you.
0: Yeah, that'll yeah, be up to the board vendors. So because yeah. that's not
1: going to be confusing at all. I 100%,
0: I 100% agree
1: with you. Um, hey, look. If then statements.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if like you X, cheap
1: out on this,
3: then it's a big old... Uh, there,
0: there are a couple of interesting things here in the specs, too. So there's there's a quad-core non-hyperthreaded and a quad-core hyperthreaded. Uh, the clock speeds are like 100... The, like, the difference between the 7740X and the 7700X is 100 megahertz on the base. Not on the boost, no change on the boost. Um, So it's a little bit odd to kind of see these in here. I'm not going to lie. Like the DDR4 memory speed goes from 2400, 2666. Sure, you still get the 16 lanes as um, as we pointed out, and you the the TDP actually goes from 91 watts to 112 watts. Okay. So hyper threading. No, no, no. I mean like the 7700K is 91. This oh, part that yeah. has a really only a 100 megahertz increase in the base clock has 112. I don't know if that improves its overclockability. It's, Are it's they just pulling more voltage through it in order to allow more overclocking? It's something we'll have to see when we go there. A lot of people have expressed concern, and I think it's a valid question about why these parts exist uh, at all. The four core parts yeah. in this platform. Yeah. Why bother if you're going to have the? And, and I, uh, the, the, the argument I would make in their favor is that. Basically, well, upgradeability. Then there's upgradeability the options. Like so, if yeah. you like the X299 platform for reasons which we'll talk and about, and you want to keep other
1: your X299 platform, yeah. I'm sorry, that's four years ago. Never mind.
0: <laughs> no, no, like <laughs> yeah. If you like the features of that platform, but you don't want to spend a thousand dollars on a processor, you can spend as little as 242. It's true. Now, the 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 advantages of that over using a Z270 board. I think are questionable, and it's something we'll see as we start to get the boards come in, and really talk about these features. Especially considering because there's 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 going to be no such thing as a cheap X299 board.
2: Two ninety nine. I mean, two ninety nine boards got pretty cheap, pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, but they were around for a long time. I would expect these to start out high, especially. Um, I don't know. I mean, my guess would be one hundred eighty bucks, maybe two hundred bucks. It's kind of like your 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 min point. The
3: thing is, they're going to be pretty similar to. Like, they're not going to have to jump through the hoops they had to jump through on the X9N boards. Like, it's going to have the same, very similar, if not the same, chipset mm-hmm. as the Z270. Well, right. the
0: interesting thing will be, how do I don't I how does a motherboard designer deal with the fact that one processor can have 44 lanes of PCIe and right. one can have 16? Right. And they have to design a board, not only that it can support quad-channel and dual-channel memory and all that labeling correctly, sure. but, like, now you have this PCIe division. Well, the chipset is going to help
3: that. Because with X99, they had to divvy that stuff up, too, based on the 28 lane. Or But like, it was forty eight. Mm-hmm. It was
0: 40 and 28.
3: Right. Like, right. you have two options. Right. But now they're going way lower on yeah. the number of lanes off the CPU. But on the flip side, there is a chipset, and all of the CPUs have a DMI link. Correct. Right? So, the same DMI link. So the same DMI. So now you just hang mm-hmm. all of the peripherals off of the chipset like you did on the Z270 board anyway. Right? And that just leaves the 16 yeah. lanes going straight to graphics. I,
0: I had to go back and look that up. Uh, but the X99 chipset... Only yeah. had eight lanes of PCIe Gen two, yeah, on it, which you know yep. is crazy considering where the Z you know two seventy ended up, right? Uh, anyway, which is why they had to play hockey with like what what do we do with the extra lanes if you only sure. had the twenty eight lane?
3: Like you would you would lose like a slot or maybe even like an M dot two slot on some boards. If yeah. you like you're going
1: to gonna lose, you're going to lose a lot of slots on this by going with a sixteen. Well, right,
3: wide. right, but. But the 16 wide... And like, I mean, they've it, it got the little go, divider
1: chips that they have in between there that says, you know, if, you know, again, if then... They could set it up so it won't like 844 four or something and you can get three slots. Dude, do you know how maybe, many slots are just not going to work with yeah. the two lower ends use? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you've Especially got this, two in to slot number four, seven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... Like I, I'm a big, a cheap pro- ass, okay? I'm a big proponent of the idea of like these chipsets having little LEDs with like green, red, right? <laughs> you can, you can and if you have a like X in there, like the two slots that up work the slots light so up can... green, and the other ones are red. But like, it's like, don't, don't have to it do, do it there. with the
3: system off though, because you're building the system, so it's like where, where oh, can I put yeah. stuff?
4: <laughs> oh. that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if Plex is sort of sitting plug behind in the power I wonder if we can sneak in
0: here somehow. Yeah, I don't know. get a couple of you lanes talking, going. You you, you meant PLX. You said Plex, yeah. but you meant PLX. I get it. Now. PLX. But yeah, but see the the whole idea of having this many PCIe channels on a processor is you don't need that, yep. right? You don't need that extra hop. You don't need that extra board layout. Yeah, well, what, what if you
4: cheaped out and you went with one that's got? You uh, shouldn't buy it anymore. Then you get one GPU so so only,
2: that's and that's all you problem. can plug in.
4: So that's what I'm circling back
3: to is like if you had to do all the layout for a Z270 board already. Like this board probably isn't that different. All the peripherals could still hang off the chipset, which is still supposed to yeah. the same number of lanes and everything. You don't have to redo all that. You just have to give some more room and maybe a couple more layers for all of the extra PCI lanes just to go between the CPU and the slots. Yeah, right. Uh,
0: a couple other points on this before I forget about it. The uh, the Skylake X parts have a new feature called Turbo Boost Max Technology 3.0, which is. <laughs> updated this this was was the idea of the most favorite core on the 6,000 parts 6,000 series parts where like one of the cores would clock higher yep so your single-threaded performance, two-threaded performance was better. This, they basically extended it into your two most favorite cores. So now it's, they pick the two best cores, variable per silicon, uh, you know, and kind of hard-code that into the processor like so you have a choosing your two fun. favorite children. Yeah. Uh, I did talk about a little bit about them rebalancing the cache hierarchy. We'll talk more about that when we get into the reviews in a, in a handful of weeks. Um, they added some mm-hmm. overclocking capability, like... PCI Express, DMI overclocking, uh, the AVX 512 extensions now have a ratio offset, so you can downclock the AVX part of the processor if you know you're not going to use it um, to avoid any kind of heat penalty. Uh, and then we do, we've did; we been talking about the X299 chipset for a while, so I'll kind of leave that as it is. Um, so that's that was Intel's thing, right? They went first, um, and they got to kind of show off their, their parts. I would say... Um, there was a te- more tepid response than I kind of expected. Like, okay. The benefit is that it, that the, the thing for that the, I give Intel credit for is they told us their pricing. AMD talked about Threadripper. They didn't tell us pricing yet. Yeah. They're a little bit further away from from its release. Um, but I still think Threadripper is going to come in way lower than.
1: Like, I think those it will. I think it
0: will. Especially. And I'll be curious to see what impact that has, right? Yeah. Like, because clearly these prices are lower. Than last generation. Yep. It's clearly a response to Ryzen and Threadripper and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be, how much does that matter? Right? And yeah. now it's going to come down to a lot of what the platform deltas are. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what that ends up being. Well, Threadripper is bigger. It's got that going for it. It's enormous. It's got that going for it. Uh, it is. Damn, before, it, damn it, Anthony. Before we get to the uh, x <laughs> Nine boards, there was another bit of information <clears throat> here that the 8th Gen core processors are 30% faster than the 7th gen. This is uh, Coffee Lake uh, parts that will be out at the end of this year. Um, is this because the process tech is 14 nanometer double plus good I, on the 8th uh, gen? I didn't want to put two pluses on there, so I, <laughs> I made it, I changed it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing here is is, first of all, it's four cores instead of two. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, Uh, a higher clock speed by like 500 megahertz okay so the 30 percent performance delta makes sense right of course right uh that the coffee lake eighth gen core i7 is gonna be faster uh but the important part here is is they're doing it inside the same 15 watt thermal envelope right so pretty regardless of what 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 the spec is clock speed uh thread core count anything like that if you can increase performance by 30 percent gen to gen yeah and stay within that same thermal envelope for mobile devices. That's, that's important. Not only that, but doubling the core count. That's yeah. You know,
2: it's impressive, right? So so don't buy a laptop until the end of the year. Until, until those are out. I mean, I I, I,
0: I would, I would say that, um, single threaded performance is still the most important thing for mobile computing devices, all that type of deal. But, uh, it's still, it's still, it's still impressive to see uh, these particular things going on here. So yeah, that's eighth gen for there. Let's talk about X299 products. We've got a ton of those. Asus we will start with them. Announced their ROG and Strix and Tough and what's the other one? Uh, uh, Prime. Prime boards. So. Ram. Ken, you did these. Uh, the Asus post here on the ROG and Strix X299. Other than looking very illuminated um what Wait. stands out anything uh well if you
2: look at the io shield you see that sweet five gigahertz thing
0: oh man I do, that's right not now. a sticker that's a display
2: oh it's oh i uh live dash is i believe what they're calling it someone with the article up can look at it. i don't have it up right now uh live dash is what they're calling it i believe it's it allows you to put uh it's like system information on there so you can do like temps or cpu u- l- utilization stuff like that hmm. or you can have it display custom graphics and custom text that which is f you can
0: can i yeah, put that exactly. on there? okay uh, i can put my windows
3: there. tiles on it i have i have a stupid question can you invert the display no of course not
2: like why? Well, I, I don't know that for sure but <laughs> well, no i mean Alan, maybe in the software there no might be one, a checkbox no one has it. inverted atx cases like you Damn
3: it!
0: Hey, the Silverstone Raven is a thing. We've seen it from well, time that's, to time. That's the wrong way.
2: His, his, he has 180 degrees inverted yeah. ATX. Inverted ATX. What does that mean? The GPU Silverstone down. is 90 degrees. You
3: can see the nice side of GPUs in the
0: system.
2: The Silverstone is only a 90 degree turn.
0: Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
0: I see. I he see, installed
4: see. it upside down, is what he's saying.
0: So this is the Rampage
2: Six Extreme, right? Yeah. This uh, is this is their. They pretty much said everything, like including the kitchen sink in the press release. Right. It was very close to that terminology. It was like we threw every feature we could possibly think at at this motherboard. Like it has eight
0: hundred two eleven AD and a ten gig NIC on board. Nice. This is pretty amazing. Yeah. Hey Josh. Is that hey what? You know, you can mute if you're not talking. Are my kids yelling? I hear somebody. Maybe it's not coming from Josh. Maybe it's coming from Jeremy. I don't know. I, don't know. Uh, I just hey, heard some people on. talking in the background. Um, so A0211AD, AD, 10 gigabit. Any pricing on this one? No, of course not. No <laughs> pricing
2: on any of these. I mean, this is going to be a $600 motherboard. Uh,
0: they announced the Rampage 6 Apex, the Strix X299. We'll come back to the V-Rock stuff here in a second. Yep. Um, it's, uh, it's impressive looking. Yeah. The, the Strix is the reasonable one that you might actually want to buy for reasonable people yeah yeah gotcha now i'm curious like if we look at this board right here there are only let's see one two three four lights four four fully exposed by 16 slots and then one what is that by four by two looks like a by four, uh, looks like a by four uh, exposed um so it gives you an idea of kind of like pcie connectivity they're not just going to line these boards with them um it's hard to, you can't really tell where the m.2 slots are that there's probably one underneath here underneath
2: that yeah um, there's a dim.2 slot for the other two right there to the oh right, right here dim.2 yeah, dim yeah. oh which is asus's sort of riser they've created where you can put two m.2 slots on something that's do we
0: know what that looks like is it just one on each side or something? Yes.
2: Yeah. I yeah. We saw be. it
0: last year. At yeah. C- or we saw it at CES this year. Okay. Yeah, what, yeah. Which they
2: say helps for board layout purposes and airflow, so that they don't have to have two yeah. vertical
4: yeah. slots sticking off there, which I appreciate.
2: Yeah.
4: Well, that's because they didn't invent the armor thing first. Uh, MSI armor. got there first. Armor. The heat shields. Oh, oh, oh gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
0: The, the, the I think other they cool call it armor.
2: One, the, the other cool board in this category is the is Let's the Apex. Switch off me for a
0: second. Or switch off this for a second
2: go ahead yeah it, it's the apex which is the super overclocking one which is actually stripped of features so it only has four dim slots and you're not going to find like the OLED, oled display and a whole bunch of other stuff on it it is like the this is the highly optimized trace path route for overclocking like this is what people are going to use to make to hit records and to right. achieve the fastest possible clocks so me yeah, exactly. Yeah. You you with your LN2 pots over there, just going to be perfect for you.
0: <laughs> I got t- a total side note. When I was getting my hair cut, <laughs> there was a guy, there was a woman telling a story about, like, she was going to her first concert. This was like a 50-year-old woman. She was going to her first concert. And the man whose hair she was cutting had to have been 85. And he said... Well, in my experience—the only way to get through a concert like that—is to take two doobies with you, <laughs> and like the whole place just cracked up because he was just like very matter of fact, like this is not a funny thing. This is this is how you do it. This is how it works. And I, anyway, sorry. Speaking of pots, um, uh, all right, so that's yeah. cool. Now, pots, o- even <laughs> the other, yeah, the other feature they added or kind of talked about—I don't think this is an ASUS specific thing—but they're the first really talk about it is something called VROC, uh, which stands yeah. for Virtual RAID on CPU. So this is this is this is a uh, this is how you take advantage of lots of PCI Express lanes it is. on a CPU when you're not running more than two GPUs or something crazy like that, yeah. right? And Maybe and more than one. It's kind of. So what are you looking at this is an add-in card. It's an add-in card, uh, but the feature. It does.
3: I don't think the feature cares how you add them. Like as long that, as they're in the system. As long as they're just connected to the CPU. Oh, don't, don't tell directly. Sebastian that. Right, yeah. So he'll just start <laughs> plugging them in into the wrong places, you know, like as he does. But uh, so ASUS um, made this Hyper X. Now, if anybody else familiar with ASUS boards, like they already have like Hyper M.2. You know, there's like a there's like a mini version that's yeah. like a half, like a less than a half height card. The original one was just a half height card that let you put an M.2 on a PCI Express. By four card, right. you're just trying to connect an M.2 to the system more than the slot that was on
2: the board. And basically, they right? have that one for the
3: U.2, right, in an M.2 slot. That's the HyperKit.
2: Okay, yeah, lets so you convert, similar
3: sort of thing. Yeah, it lets you convert a U.2 connector to an M.2 slot. Like, so that's just their adapter kind of terminology, right? Well, now they have a Hyper M.2 by sixteen. It is what looks like a straight shot. 16 lanes to you know subdivided out four lanes per uh, SSD. I don't see a PLX chip on this board, meaning it's probably just connecting straight. You know, each four lane bracket just goes straight to the CPU. Doesn't have to do an additional hop or anything. It's just a. It's just a.
0: How do you? I connect, guess.
3: You know, if you have a
0: single 16, because it's a single by 16 card. Yeah. And can it just pass four, 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 four? Yeah, I guess the, it can. Just the,
3: the system has to be aware that that's the, that card going is that the data is
0: coming in that way. It, probably, yeah, the like, CPU okay. has
3: to like have an idea that, that that's going on. Okay, otherwise there's an enumeration issue you run into. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah, just yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Okay, um, but the theory is this uh, virtual RAID on CPU. The technology is supposed to su- support up to 20 SSDs. So now you might not be able to connect 20 all at the same time to this. At least 20 by fours, because I mean, how many lanes do you got? Like. Forty-four on the highest
0: end, yeah, yeah. So
3: you, they'd have to all be by two, and you'd have to be using
0: uh, to, just do by four,
2: and then have a by four GPU. <laughs> yeah, so
0: yeah. So, like,
3: so like getting to even ten would be tricky here with by four SSDs, right? Um, but they showed a demo of two of these by sixteen cards in a system, uh, so eight you know M.2 SSDs, SSDs yeah all showing up in the BIOS all in raid zero um, and it was bootable that's catch number one is that uh, that was supposedly, previously supposedly you it only is only bootable with Intel branded m.2 SSDs.
0: And, and I've talked to a couple of people that tell me that that is the case for now but that's not the goal it sure better not be the goal because the only m.2
3: SSD Intel ships is a budget like 600p. Right. Which has almost kind of SATA SSD performance, really. Sure. It's like not, you know, it's not the enthusiast thing that someone's going to buy four or eight of and plug into a motherboard, you know. Okay. Sure. So that's cache number one out of the way. Hopefully they rectify that. Uh, Cache number two, if you want anything above RAID 0, so this tech can do
0: RAID 1, it can do RAID 5. Is there RAID negative 1? No. Well, that's what you run. Yeah,
4: that's when you touch a
3: RAID. Yes, exactly. Um, Noted. If you want a mirrored RAID, or uh, Raid 5, you would have to purchase a dongle. It's a key. It's a key. It's, it's a dongle. It's, it's the a thing key. you plug in to enable a feature. A key sounds like
2: a software right? thing.
3: This is a hardware dongle. I use keys to get in this office every day. Yeah. No, you don't. It's a, there's a special sure. spot on the board right next to one of the SATA ports. You actually have to plug this little tiny, looks like a little mini USB key kind of thing, onto the board to enable the Raid 1 and Raid 5 features, which is confusing because if the onboard M.2 slots are using the Z270-style chipset RAID, Mm -hmm. that stuff out of the box supports RAID 0, RAID 1, RAID 5. Okay. So now you're going to have, if you you had three SSDs, you could have RAID 5. But if you want to move to this other thing, you have to buy this card to put the fourth one on. Yeah, I... And then you have to buy a hardware key to do RAID 5. Like, assume you were previously doing RAID 5 with three SSDs. So now you're buying two... Separate items just to get to the fourth. I
2: I, right? I think this add-in card is going to come in the box of a lot of these ASUS motherboards.
0: Probably, I, I just and think I here I, the, I,
2: the key is like just such a
0: no. I see. Here's 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 the viewpoint I, I take from it. Right is uh, if you are going to do this, in my opinion, you're going to do RAID zero. mm Mm-hmm. So and RAID zero is included doesn't need the extra key whatever yeah right the the number of people that would do this and 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 care more about data reliability than about data speed I think is going to be pretty small and the people that do that are exactly what Alex brought up earlier which is these are the people who are going to do you know they want to use this as database caching systems right yeah and the reason intel has this key uh and this kind of they feel like they need to charge for this is because it is something they charge for on the server platforms today Mm -hmm. and if they were to just suddenly give it away as a free feature quote 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 unquote free feature um on the x two ninety nine platform then it would create this weird dichotomy of of products right and and i think even them offering i think them offering up raid zero is kind of like here you go is is showing that they recognize this enthusiast audience is going to do this this enterprise audience will do this i'm with you here's the counter to that if you're running a database
3: server on it you don't need to boot from that volume Mm -hmm. oh right this system you could buy two or three or however many of these cards and fit as, cram as many of these SSDs as it can enumerate into the system, they'll all show up in Windows or Linux. You could just RAID it on the on the OS side. But
2: you're losing performance that way, probably. It's still software RAID. Well, we don't know how the Intel RAID works. Right. They might be using, like, certain extensions built into the CPU or something to make it yeah. not as
4: CPU-intensive. They, they could be,
3: yeah. I'm just saying,
4: right. but like... Or what, that key is adding physical connections? No, much no, 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 no. The it's key sure is DRAM. DR.
3: It's purely a DRM well, thing. The, this, the, the key, management. as far as we could tell, has four pins. So it's not passing anything through. It's I just hate those
4: bloody cards they sold on Best Buy that would get you an extra couple of hundred megahertz out your until CPU. Yeah.
3: Remember those?
4: Yeah. So yep.
3: there's probably some kind of crypto going on in this thing. But it wouldn't surprise me if somebody made some art $5 Arduino thing that just mimics this key or something. You know, I'm just saying.
0: I guess I, I I think the number of people that would do this and care about anything above RAID zero is going to be minimal. Yeah, I still think I the agree. idea of it is awesome, though. Like the uh, the idea yeah. of direct connect to the the CPU. Uh, what did they show? We saw um, somebody had it was was it these guys that had they showed the twelve? They, they were like, gigabytes per second. Yeah, almost. they were hitting
3: twelve gigabytes per second with those eight drives.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, either way. And I'm gonna go ahead and tweet out this picture of Josh, yeah. real quick before <laughs> I forget.
4: Okay,
0: do that oh, while Al explains These. why this
4: card is really not all that attractive.
0: So, so we're we're still learning a lot a lot about this 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 product, um, and I imagine we'll hear more. Uh, yeah, I mean, we saw suit-ish. we saw just some a few passing
3: mentions of V-Rock in all the PR info from ASUS. Yeah, no mention of it in any other brands' PR. Right, any other motherboard brands. So, I mean, I don't know mm. if it's meant to be an exclusive to Asus, but, like, it's definitely I don't an enterprise feature that yeah. Asus might have, you uh, know. Certainly.
0: All right, and now. certainly
3: exclusive to Intel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, definitely.
0: As we look at the rest of the Asus line real quickly, can the Prime uh, and Tough series, anything stand out here? This is the uh, uh, Asus Prime one. It uh, looks okay. looks yeah. nice, actually. I yeah. like. I kind of like this heatsink design here.
2: Yeah, the, the Prime Deluxe is kind of where they've been targeting the majority of the market. Like, not the super low end, not the super high end, just kind of the bread and butter of the market for a while. And I think this is actually a pretty good feature set. It has 802.11AD. It does not that's have awesome. 10 gig networking. Okay. So that's a bit of a bummer. Yeah. I would like to see that. Yeah. Uh, it has the, o- the OLED display. It has in a smarter location on this board. It's in the middle... It, oh, right. It's here. right there off the heatsink oh, yeah. instead of on the I.O., which would be easier to see from a window, which I think is pretty cool. Has a lot of the same feature sets as the rampage. It kind of cool. looks like sort of that sweet spot of where yeah. I, I would buy one of these boards. Still least.
0: has Intel VRock support, yeah. uh dual onboard M.2, a single U.2. Um yeah, what is this? does this add on currently? Oh, here? it comes
2: with a Thunderbolt 3 card.
0: Oh,
4: okay. Which isn't
0: oh, not it's nice an MPC cable for a sound card? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be. Still got to get the DisplayPort pass through. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah. Uh, and then the Tough Series looks like what we'd expect kind yeah. of that Tough
2: Series to look like. Exactly. The Tough Series is what it's always been, essentially.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, so we'll uh, obviously know a lot more. Did, did Intel talk about when these were shipping? I don't think they did
2: uh if you look at that asus post at the bottom there's a little statement
0: there. what do they say i don't remember uh late Uh, late june June. okay that's where i'll leave it at then and then of course other than asus we have everybody looking at ms at motherboards jeremy you posted about the msi x299 um other than some swanky red leds on here any any one particular thing really stand out to you in these in these uh releases uh, well, I like
4: that they're sticking with their digital 10 plus, plus, plus 1 plus 1 phase stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've added in some interesting load light and calibration that they didn't really get into, but it sounds uh, at least if you're going with the ACK that uh, this is going to be a really good overclocking board just because there's going to be so much clean power that you can tweak. Uh, these are the ones with the shield frozer for the M.2 slots. So you're your M.2s will be nice and cool. And uh, in this case, uh, they didn't really get into it very much, unfortunately, but the AC has killer double shot pro technology. So it's got two killer E2500 NICs and a 1535 Wi Fi. Mm-hmm. And they're suggesting that you can team them somehow. They didn't uh, use the phrase team, but they said combine it.
0: Yeah. So the idea here is that. You can connect to the same network on both of them, and it will yeah. kind of QoS which traffic goes to which location, um, either based on you know uh, availability. Like if the Wi-Fi goes down, it will redirect everything to, through the wired, and, and, and vice versa. That type of stuff. Okay, so it's just a failover then.
2: Uh, but, uh, it, I but I think it can do but but actual
0: teaming. If they're both if they're both running at the same time, it will use both of them. <laughs> Now, yeah. the, the, you know, the number of instances where that's exceptionally useful is going to be small, sure. Very low. Um, but, but it may say, no. hey, you're on Skype. We're going to send that over wired, not wireless, right? Make those types of decisions. Yeah.
4: Unless I buy it, in which case it'll find the worst
0: connection. Oh, yeah, for so sure. The one you're looking at right now, oh, this uh,
4: one here? the carbon yeah. AC, uh, the heat sinks you see on there are removable. For you the M.2 slots? Uh, yes, uh, just about all of it. Every single heatsink you're seeing on that board is removable and they've got uh, a new line called X mounting accessories, which are 3D printable covers for your heatsinks. So ASUS did this a while ago. (laughs) Didn't really catch on, but MSI is going to try it as well. So we'll see and we'll see how it goes because we've hit the point where you might well be able to print in some LEDs and run some power in there to match uh, the mystic lighting in the background. Right. So, yeah, it could be interesting.
0: You're gonna, and wait,
4: down at the very bottom, you've got print, the uh, You're
3: going to 3D print a thing out of plastic to put on top of the yes. metal. You're going to insulate the heat sink. Correct. Okay. Just point just
4: it, It's to point that form out. over function uh, It's, yeah. it's got to be pretty. <laughs> okay. The fact that it's on I fire mean, is a, just an
2: extra. Like feature. a piece of plastic on top of that isn't going to change the thermal properties. The plastic would give way before that, and the melting points of those plastics aren't going to be hit on that heatsink. I don't mean that's going to melt. I'm just saying, like your
4: your you coloring,
2: like they already have plastic on them on a lot of motherboards. Oh, right. Like I mean, I guess. we see plastic all over. These. Yeah, and the fascia that's of the MSI
4: true. and the Gaming Pro is obviously some sort of plastic. Yeah. But but it'll be interesting to see what people do, Uh, because, I mean, as much as they've got uh, a lineup set up already for you to print out, people with 3D printers like to print their own stuff. So
1: it'll
4: be interesting to see what kind of mods we see coming out of that. And then last up uh, is the Tomahawk, which uh, that is indeed stainless steel. Mm. They they, they went a different way for prettiness on this one, Mm. which is interesting. I'm kind of curious what that's going to look like. And apart from that, it's just got the uh, Shield Frozer, as the previous ones do. It also has a uh, lead-in for a front USB uh, type C port. So those of you with uh, VR headsets, this might gotcha, be an gotcha. easy build.
1: Yeah, but look look at that battery placement. <laughs> it's not bad, yeah, is if it? If you got one or a not large air cooler, you can get to that so easy. So Mori doesn't have a chance of getting to that.
4: Oh no! I mean,
0: this you can is just so big; actually it underneath it. Interesting. Just heard a, a hum come through the microphones. We're oh. trying to figure out, Alan.
2: It, it was literally someone's sub outside, passing by.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've heard it a couple times. No, it tonight. was someone's
2: subwoofer outside.
0: I understand that, but I've heard it a couple times this evening. Uh We've got a couple of other guys on here. The EVGA X299 series of motherboards. They have, I think it was Ken. You were pointing out this kind of. Reminded you of the, the next the, one down. Oh, the next one down does. Oh, yeah. So this kind of matches up with their ACX or their ICX cooler designs on the TI at least, the TI. Yeah. 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 So they've it got looks their, awesome. Yeah. And, it, and it's, I would say, compared to the previous two news posts we looked at, pretty minimalist. I'm just the glad the that they, well.
3: somebody's finally had a motherboard that matches one of their GPUs. Yeah. Because it's usually like there is none. Yeah. Like it just doesn't, it's not a thing.
0: X299 Dark, X299 FTWK, they've got the uh, X299 Micro. So here's your Micro ATX variant already. the sockets look big. Wait till we wait till we show the thread the ripper stuff. It's going to be insane. Uh, so EVGA's got it will some. it be the size up. of that motherboard. Is <laughs> <Yeah>, almost as <laughs> yeah. well. Uh, and then if you want to go even smaller, mini ITX from Azrock. This
2: is my new favorite motherboard.
0: This is wow. a mini ITX X299 with. Uh, uh, it's got what's well, using so four. DIMS. Yeah, SO DIMS. SO DIMS. But it's still got two gigabit Intel Ethernet. Um, look, at it's, look how it's jammed to those there's static no connections room. up in the right hand, on the right no hand room. side. I, I think there's M.2 on the back. Yeah, what's the riser for on the right side? Uh, power, power delivery. delivery. Phases. Power <laughs> delivery. <laughs> oh, geez. we got a wireless connection up here. It, it, it's
2: pretty funny, the first day of the show when people got photos of this motherboard, the spec card to the right of it, you can see it crosses out now, but it said three-way crosswire and SLI support.
4: yes in theory
0: (laughs) whoops well as always does some uh some crazy stuff like that so it's it's interesting to see i want
2: to see their itx x399 board
0: X three ninety nine like the yeah. Threadripper. Yeah. If
2: anyone will do it, it'll be Asrock. I don't. I don't, I don't know, half half the
4: motherboard will be a daughterboard board. They
2: yeah. just like <laughs> a insert with four it's slots. It's just on it. a cube yeah. when you put it. It, it will actually in the middle. be
4: a giant heat spreader with a motherboard
1: on the back.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's weird. Well, you remember the Gigabyte when they had the big risers for uh, power supply True. stuff. It's it's all it's going to be is just you'll have to
2: yeah. You have to flip riser. it around the other way so that the you, you put the c you put the CPU on the back. Yeah, you just make it like a twenty two yeah. layer yeah. board. You attach it to the cube, and then you just
3: add the risers around it, and all the cards just mm-hmm, kind of like mm-hmm. fan out. Yeah, RAM sticks out
1: the side. It ends up et being et
3: It ends up being just as large as a regular ATX system. I
0: <laughs> follow <My volume>, yes.
1: <laughs> and just oh, think how oh, nice man skip <laughs> that CPU across the lake. <laughs> it would be good.
0: Oh, so. Going. So we're, we're kind of already joking about it. Let's move into what AMD had to show. The first thing I want to talk about is uh, they did demo Ryzen Mobile last night, which is not so we'll talk about an ASUS notebook that was announced at Computex. It uses Ryzen, but it is a desktop Ryzen part with the discrete graphics. This um, demo they showed last night was the Ryzen Mobile SOC that actually has integrated Vega graphics on it. Um, and it is a sub-15 millimeter, ultra-portable form factor. They didn't talk about anything about performance or specs. It's a quad-core part, quad-core, eight-thread. Um, no details on you know what the TDPs are and that type of stuff. But it's it's pretty interesting to see that they would be able to demo this currently <laughs>
3: um, before we've seen desktop value
0: well that too <laughs> that too uh they've already integrated it into an apu for what do they call these now josh they they, they call they don't they're going to not call them apus anymore is that right i think did they um, even mention like how much of a vega it is looks like we might have lost josh you can work on like repairing a josh do we, do we still have we still do have jeremy i see him down there
4: um, yeah but can we ever fix josh truly no.
0: no no i mean that's a perfect match for his normal position. Like. Like deep in thought, not quite understanding. Anthony, if you're watching, there's that's, another that's one your for you. There's another one for you. Oh. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so, it, it's worth pointing out. Like, so here, here's a picture of the Ryzen plus Vega chip itself. Right, significantly smaller than Threadripper. Um, yeah. No HBM. <laughs> no HBM. Like, that. So, and that's and that's what. Oh. Uh, it'll be curious to see. Is it just using like DDR4 as its main memory, or will they have like a higher power variant that has like a L3 cache on it or an L4 cache kind of thing, like uh, uh, Intel does with their Iris graphics? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, what if they did like GDDR5, like an Xbox y- or a PS4?
0: Y- yeah, I mean it's uh. possible, right? I mean yeah, if for main system memory as yeah. well, you mean? Like, yeah, you I mean could.
2: this is stuff that you're not going to be building. It's stuff that's going to it's OEM, so
0: right. I mean yeah? You could do it. I don't know what the downsides are to using gdr 5 for system memory, necessarily. Um, But I mean, clearly they do it on the Xbox, so they could do it here. It's running an operating system and all that type of stuff. Uh, So this was just kind of a tech demo, saying, "Hey, look, we've got it up and running." Um, All they showed was it playing a video of I don't know what the hell that is. I
2: think it's their aliens thing with the somebody with the mask on. All the money they paid to be in the aliens movie that kind of sucked. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. So that's 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 a end of 2017 pro- at earliest I think type product release for that. Um, now the, the big news or lit- like literally and figuratively was about Threadripper. Um, the first the one piece of new information that they announced at Computex is that it will have 64 lanes of PCI Express three on every Threadripper part. Not many, like 64 on some and 28 on some and whatever. How many slots do you need it's on the board It's worth pointing out four of these lanes will be necessary to communicate with the chipset if you have a chipset sure. on the board. Oh, darn. So you, you only have 60. So you only have 60 a left. Only 60. And I'm not going to need to buy a key is, by to the way, unlock a picture. these. Yeah, you is, have to buy a key to unlock that's them. That's not like a like a blown-up 3D printed mock-up of what the processor looks like that's actually the size and that is not a very tiny person holding it either
1: it makes for a great coaster for cold drinks
0: oh yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah. Yeah. we should get him to set us some dead ones so we can
0: while it's running it makes a great coaster for cold drinks to keep it cool you need that the drinks won't be cold for very long yeah uh they did a demo of it running uh all 32 threads in blender um they showed a demo of it running four Radeon Vega Frontier Edition cards doing some ray tracing. They did a demo Isn't of not like real time ray tracing even? Like well, I mean real it real-time-ish. Real-time-ish. It's yeah. still, you know, it starts out fuzzy and comes into comes no. into focus like like ray tracing. But it's again, it's using all 32 threads. It's 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 running through it quickly. Mm. Uh, and then they also showed a Two to radeon rx vegas the gaming version of those cards running on threadripper running the, the new prey game at 4k ultra they didn't talk anything about frame rates they didn't talk anything about performance of anything like this um there's been now, lots of speculation lots of speculation probably all of it completely wrong trying to count frame tears <laughs> in a streamed version of a captured of, game output of unknown mixed frame rates yeah
2: <laughs> yeah
3: uh
0: so don't count don't 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 worry about that. And the, I think Roger
2: did tweet some stuff
0: today about he that. He said that it was over 60? Yes. Over 60 frames per second Yeah, on Prey at 4K Ultra. Uh, and, and the reason that they showed two of them was not because they were afraid to show single G performance, but the point of the demo was to show the scalability of Threadripper <clears throat> and using all the PCI Express or using some of the PCI yeah. Express slots. Now, you came back to the question of what the hell do you need 60 lanes of PCI Express well, for? Yeah, what are you going to plug in? So... Everything. Anything Everything you Alan. want, but Alan. But this is meant to be a desktop part, right? Uh, yeah, like a desktop workstation And you said part. four lanes to the chipset.
3: Why do you need a dang chipset? Uh, you know,
0: extra right SATA and stuff. <laughs> Who cares? Go straight to the CPU. Audio? Uh, I don't know how the enumeration works with oh. that. right? Because the, the, the Zen processors and Ryzen processors are a little bit different because they do have some... Some SATA. You uh, got board. two SATA
1: ports. They've got a couple of USB 3.1s. Yeah. yeah. But, but, I, but, but I don't know.
0: It. I don't know like how their enumeration works. Right, like right. if you can just plug a PCIe chip onto that and right. have it. But have the point it work. is, if
3: you only have four lanes going to the chipset, why even bother potentially bottlenecking anything? Just do the bare minimum with the chipset and use
4: all the but other sure. you gotta lanes. You've got to rip all this. the threads.
2: <laughs> and there actually is a precedent for this on the Ryzen platform because when they started talking chipsets in the beginning. They they're still like the X300 chipset that we haven't seen that's meant for mini ITX AM4 mm-hmm. boards that's literally just a lane of SPI to do uh. stuff like IRQs and counters and stuff like that yeah. for like actual everything IBM else, compatible PC Everything else is just CPU lanes, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything else is just coming out with the CPU, the storage, lanes. But the still, PCI I mean, lanes. even if
3: you take if you took a given system and you took all the stuff that's like, I mean, think about that. So the Intel chipset is how many lanes
0: does that offer? Twenty-eight. The okay, uh, the X299 has 24 lanes of PCIe 3. Okay, and then the CPU itself would have 40, 44 potentially,
3: or 44. Mm-hmm. So now you're getting to 64 territory. Like, holy crap!
0: I'm just saying, yep. like, if you if you want two full by 16 GPUs, that's 32 lanes. It is, yeah, that's half Boom. of them. Now you're half. Now, what yeah. are you gonna do with that? Now you get now you want f- you want four four lane M.2 SSDs. Boom! Sixteen more gone. Yeah, still Damn it! You've only got, only got twelve left. left. Twelve left. Yeah. What do you, I mean? You're oh, practically darn. starving for PCI Express at that point.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna mine so many bitcoins.
0: How many? How many lanes you need for a? You ten? only need like buy one divide yeah. bitcoins. Too. <laughs> what about? We need four lanes for a two a dual 10 giggie card maybe that's something true. like that that's true right those you do, know you can are, plug those in those are bandwidth hungry um you know external storage hey, you feel like cards. Cards. May- Thunderbolts? maybe we get a thunderbolt add-in card oh, that works true. with that's these true. right now you're gonna need more bandwidth <sighs> okay, for that. okay. Oh, oh wait you're
2: gonna need more bandwidth so that you can just put your PCIe outside of the case, instead exactly. of inside the case. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want to move not solving
0: the usage problem i want to move any. my PCIe somewhere else <laughs> where it's easier to I like utilize playing old
4: games with physics so i want to plug an NVIDIA GPU into my external box. Uh, okay. you know? I, I
0: just think, I think, yeah. AMD, like if AMD, so the disappointing part for AMD is they announced 16 cores, 32 threads. Everybody's like, holy crap, this is amazing. And Intel said, eh, what about 18? Yeah. Uh, and the advantage, the, the advantage Intel obviously <laughs> has that? is that they have this entire like they can go open up the cabinet in their office and go like, "Well, we got all these Xeon parts. Yeah, it's uh, time her, to relabel these. They take them down and they, exactly down and they erase the cover, <laughs> and they have somebody else etch in. That's Z- what we were
3: joking. If the laser etched things that says Xeon, you know, V three, whatever. Just, just you
0: just take a whole layer off feel like, and yeah. you just do oh no, you just, just lap it down nice yeah. and silkscreen yeah.
4: it again. Uh, but don't worry, soon we'll have the uh, Core i eleven come out. Right, with fifty. Lane. Right,
0: Corey. Aye, aye. I, 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 I bet there are conversations inside AMD about whether or not they're going to call it Ryzen Nine, right? That Oof. had to have been. I. We still don't
3: you know. Still that think they, they won't. might.
0: They haven't announced model numbers. I don't
3: think they will. Okay, how, I think How how similar are they
2: going to I think they're make... waiting to see that Intel use the TR seventy eight fifty XED. Yeah. How similar? Because okay, you don't. Want, so think about it from like a Wake perspective. AMD Ryzen Threadripper. Uh, what like? 8159X is a very long product name to have. Right.
0: I mean same but thread is where they put all their money in at this point right yeah all the chips are in i think Threadripper is like sky like e at this point or sky like x at this i don't point. think so I, th- I, bet it's, I bet it's i mean they showed a logo for it right they showed a thread ripper logo I, i'm wearing a t-shirt with a vega logo doesn't mean jack shit <laughs> it says, it says <laughs> it's true it says radeon rx vega on your shirt that's exactly what they're going to call the product that's true
2: eventually what the t-shirt yeah. how old is that
0: shirt ken uh in q3 March. when you can wear that t-shirt legally <laughs> uh speaking of that they, the only other information that came out of amd's uh press conference is that the Radeon vega frontier edition was going to be launched on june 27th i think epic was going to be june 20th um and then the disappointing news was the Radeon rx vega the consumer variant of vega is going to launch at the end of july so two okay. full months from now yeah uh at siggraph so Here that's it is and and immediately so, the internet exploded of like disappointed people and AMD fans that had really been hoping to see, you know, it meet the June deadline that that people thought they were going to have to hit. Yeah. Now is going to come out and meet that deadline, but Vega RX RX Vega will not
2: the, the RX Vega token edition.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. it's 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 unfortunate. <laughs> you know uh, they the kind but, of I don't know. They
1: they kind of bet the uh, the farm on HBM and HBM2, and it just isn't paying out from what I see.
0: I, I yeah. mean, it's hard to argue with that. I have no idea if it is a cost issue or a production issue or what. Or availability issue. Well, that would be like production, yeah. Oh,
1: uh, uh, yeah. You oh, said cost.
0: And then I said production.
1: Oh, well, sure you, you just, did.
0: Just listen to me for once, Josh. Just pay attention. No. Stop worrying about your modem reboots and focus on. Come the on, show. you
1: you spent a week with me. How much do I listen?
0: Oh, he's
1: only getting so every first. other packet.
0: Um, so he's it, a
1: UDP host.
0: I, I I think I think I think uh, Threadripper has a fantastic opportunity ahead of itself to make up a lot of room there, and I think RX Vega is squandering a lot of opportunity they had because sixty more days is a long time for NVIDIA to sit there and figure out what they're going to do, right? Do I think NVIDIA is going to announce Volta Consumer in the next 60 days? I do not. Um, I think if I were NVIDIA, you'd just sit there and wait, right? Uh, You've got 60 more days now to sell 1080 Ti's. Yeah, yeah,
1: no joke. And just laugh as the money comes in from the 1080 Ti. Uh, That's
0: true. (laughs) They they can just sit there for 60 days and collect 1080 Ti Ti sales. and. When when RX Vega comes out, if it's competitive, then fantastic. They can adjust pricing or adjust product roadmaps accordingly. And but if it's there's too competitive,
2: no all the Bitcoin miners will buy them all out. And then <laughs> yeah, uh, on, honestly, I think that's going to be an issue. And then all the AMD fans will have to buy the 1080 Ti. What anyway.
0: happened? that Bitcoin is a big thing again.
2: Well, yeah. it's not Bitcoin. It's it- it's not People just keep creating currencies. It might get better because, <laughs> sort of the the big one now that people are GPU mining, Ethereum has is switching away from mining. Apparently, that's a thing that cryptocurrencies do at some point. Is they switch away from mining to a proof of concept, or I don't know, some weird. Once shit, they get like enough that,
3: currency floating around, as I, they do I, something different. I, I don't. Yeah, know. they would
2: something just wait like for that. someone to buy them. But there's still all these little all cryptocurrencies. Rip. I've been mining a little this week on the machines at the <laughs> office just to drive up the heat and power <laughs> yeah, bill. Damn, I noticed. Uh, just to kind of see where the stuff is at now, and like, there's an application I'm using that will automatically just like pick the proper cryptocurrency to mine with your with like your horsepower at the moment and like what the market's doing, like what's everything's worth. Huh. And just kind of... So how you many out in machines of yours
4: got hit by uh, WannaCry anyways? You need all this Bitcoin in a hurry. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
4: it's true. So, so are, are ASICs still a thing? Uh, so,
2: each crypto... Oh, yeah. Well, not each cryptocurrency... I just wasn't
0: on our topic list. Whatever.
2: There, there are a couple of... There are multiple <laughs> different algorithms that cryptocurrency can use, and some of them ASICs aren't good for by design, and some of them ASICs haven't been designed for. Uh, like, yeah. Bitcoin you can't even really asic mine anymore it's just so difficult but like there are cpu only it. currencies and like ones that are targeted specifically towards gpus that's kind of where we're
0: at mm-hmm. anyways mm-hmm. Uh, before i move on to the next the coin when i'm yeah before i move on <laughs> to the next story uh, we did get three new patrons uh joshua hansen has pledged five dollars thank you josh uh, White Zero, who is in the chat and wanted to make sure I saw all these emails, and I definitely did, pledged $5.99, Josh. Five ninety nine. dollars Thank you. And an array of toys increasing in circumference <laughs> pledged <laughs> $5. <laughs> nice. As well. Oh, I'll take that. Oh, uh, dude. I'll well. buy that for $5. Uh, boop, boop, boop. He did. He did. Uh, thank you guys very much for that. All right, uh, <laughs> on to our next story. Ace, uh, the Asus, this was shown at the anti press conference, the Asus ROG Ryzen 7 Notebook. Um, many people confuse this as Ryzen Mobile, uh, which is, I can see how you might do that. Ryzen Mobile is the new APU combination. This is actually a desktop part. This is a 65-watt Ryzen 7 1700 CPU and an 8-gigabyte Radeon RX 580 Graphics card, so a, a a very different type of thing. It's a 17-inch notebook. It's huge. The Ryzen Mobile one we talked about before was like under under 14, 15 millimeters. Um, this is a first FreeSync 2.0 capable display, as well, which I okay. believe. Does that mean it's HDR? Yes. yes, HDR is part of that spec. Yes. I I don't know if everything that's right we've then. ever
2: known about FreeSync 2.0.
0: I think it might be a non-FreeSync 2.0 display then.
2: I, I've seen multiple marketing materials that said this
0: is 2.0. Maybe they loosened up their spec and made it not HDR. I don't it, know. Would, it, would, it would shock yeah. me. It would shock me if the first FreeSync 2 display is in a mobile device, is in a laptop and not a, a freestanding monitor. Unless there's yeah. just
2: a 17-inch HDR panel that's ready to go and it's more
4: difficult
0: well, to get
2: up in size.
4: I don't know. There are some 15 and 17 HDRs being launched uh, by the other guys.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, a lot of good stuff here. 32 gigs of RAM, you know, 211 ac NVMe SSDs. Um, it's a big gaming notebook, but it's nice to see, you know, for AMD, this is a big deal for them. Because the gaming notebook has been dominated by Intel and NVIDIA for basically ever. And yeah. um, So just getting one of these out there that is Ryzen-based. So you're going to have, uh, you know, eight cores in a laptop for the first time probably. And RX 580, which is like GTX 1060 Class graphics,
2: right? So yeah. it's, uh, it's the first ROG AMD
0: notebook. There you go. Which if you paid attention to the AMD press conference, you know that Asus launched ROG brand on AMD motherboard. That was the trivia that was given to us during, oh, uh, during the press conference. That's interesting. This, the name for this, bio, by the way, for people taking notes at home is the Asus ROG Strix GL702ZC. ZC are definitely two letters I put next to each other a lot. When you have to say them. All the time. Yeah. So good job there. Uh, What do we got? A couple more AMD things. The AMD Agesa Update 1006 will support configurable memory timings, uh, sub timings, and clock speeds up to 4 gigahertz. This is being pushed out to motherboard vendors uh, for existing Ryzen 7, Ryzen 5 platforms currently. I'm not going to bring much more up into this unless Josh or anybody has any additions. But just say to read Tim's post on it because it is uh, uh, research about what this What well, First of all, what GISA is and uh, what it means for uh, Ryzen platforms. Uh, but, so yeah, memory timings, VM. There you have it. There you go. Higher speeds is better. Does this mean it also increases the fabric still? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. if, yeah. if you're increasing the memory speed, you're increasing the fabric speed. And okay. there might be some stuff they have to... I mean, that's probably what's holding back the memory speed, right, is fabric speed making sure that all the other things, all the other gears are turning at the right at the right rate. As we found out, oh. the faster you can get the fabric, the better, right? Yeah, and the IOMC worry, MMC fabric
4: stuff. goes
1: faster with Ajisa. Mm. <laughs> Josh, go ahead. Uh, the uh, the IOMMU functionality is now programmable to different parts, so people who are running VMs and wanted hardware 3D acceleration, they couldn't do that. Now with this latest Ajisa, it finally works. So that's that's good for the people who want to run a baseline of Linux with uh, uh, Windows VM to play games. That's how you do it.
0: Gotcha. Uh, and the, real quickly again, Rise of the Tomb Raider has got a surprise update this week um, that up that improved performance of Ryzen gaming. Right. So remember in our 1080p, Ryzen 7, Ryzen 5 performance issues that we've detailed over and over again, um, where the Ryzen performance was well under Intel performance Ryzen in performance well under Intel performance uh, with this new patch the Ryzen 7 to 1800X went from 107 frames per second to 126 uh, a 17 or 18% jump in performance which is actually really good and if you look like the Intel performance didn't go up very much it was like 1 or 2% but it didn't go down either mm-hmm. right and that's always something that you want to you want to check for so 17% increase for AMD Ryzen. This is another instance, uh, like the Ashes of the Singularity test. Uh, and I believe somebody else in our Slack pointed out two other ones. Was it Warhammer? Total War and Warhammer. And Total War Warhammer, I think. Uh, no. They're both Total and Dota. War titles.
4: Dota, total War Warhammer.
0: Yeah, it was Dota. Dota was the other one. Total War yeah. Warhammer is one thing. Huh. Yeah, Fair. Uh, and we did some looking at CPU utilization just to double check some performance results But nothing really dramatic change there although you can see here like this is one of the subtests tests for rise of the Tomb Raider And you can see not only are we looking at lower frame times with the new patch But you're looking at instances of much more consistent frame times in this updated patch as well. So good job for AMD on that and uh, You know read that story if you're interested in that hopefully it's more good news for the Ryzen platform and Threadripper release Coming up in the uh, not too distant future. They did yes. include
3: some brief notes on like what kind of changes they did. Basically, they just made stuff. Well, I included them, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but like you know, they distributed the workload <laughs> in such a way that Ryzen can deal with it better, like not having to deal with spreading, uh, you know, doing transfers across the fabric all the time between CCXs or between cores or whatnot, right? It almost sounds like they made it more like what chunky, more chunky like Cinebech does, and like what the benchmarks. Sure. Typical benchmarks do right just applying it to the game instead.
0: So. And it is interesting to point out that uh, The even the developer said an optimization an optimization was identified in texture management that improves on the combination of Ryzen and GeForce <sighs> GPU, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you there's a m- Greater benefit from this patch for Ryzen plus GeForce than Ryzen plus Radeon mm-hmm. Um, Which is interesting to see Uh, and they quote that or they attribute that to overhead was reduced by packing texture descriptor uploads into larger chunks Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, so there you go Uh, Check that out if you're interested in it Uh, and if you're playing that game the update should be pushed to you already Okay, here we go ready Uh, Nvidia guys Josh softbank invested four billion dollars in Nvidia. Did you get any of that?
1: I didn't get four billion dollars. I didn't get a single dime did you get $1 billion? No, not even $1 billion. Not Not Bitcoin? a single thin dime. Wine. Dollars. So, anyway, SoftBank, who is the owner of Arm, decided to invest $4 billion in NVIDIA. They are now the third largest shareholder of NVIDIA, after maybe, like, Jensen and somebody else. Right. So, there's all kinds of people curious about what this means. Uh, does it mean that... Uh, SoftBank's going to be telling kind of Nvidia where to go. What kind of uh, conflicts of interest do we have in between Nvidia and Arm? Uh, are their business models complementary or adversatory? Um, it's hard Ooh, to say because one. hey, thanks. But uh, SoftBank has been around for a long time. We 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 had a little bit of a history lesson at our Arm thing about <laughs> where did. it came from. Yeah what they're doing, and they've got a lot of money behind them. They've got a lot of debt. It's a little. But they still have a lot of money behind it. And uh, investing in NVIDIA is, is probably not a bad thing because it's an incredibly aggressive company that has been, you know, kind of kicking ass for quite some time. So it's interesting to see. I don't, I don't know what the end result is going to be. Will they sell off their stake in a couple of years and just take that money and get rid of some debt? Or... Are they going to do something further? I mean, this this guy who started SoftBank, he's got this vision for the future that goes for like thirty some odd years, and nobody knows what it is. But he's he's made all these <laughs> uh, he's made all these,
0: these made steps of and jobs
1: and acquisitions, and they've all worked out pretty well because SoftBank's you know not it's it's what the uh, what's uh, the guy in Omaha, Nebraska? Is, uh, his uh, his mutual.
0: Berkshire no. Hathaway.
1: Berkshire Hathaway. It's kind of the Berkshire Hathaway of tech. And uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what's in the future for these guys financially, but they're aggressive and they continue to expand and they still make money.
0: I would like to invest $4 billion in something.
1: I wouldn't.
2: <laughs>
0: I'd like to just have the $4 billion. Well, they go, the like assumption there someone to invest $4 billion in me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll take that. Warren Buffett, I'm here if you need me. Uh also NVIDIA's big announcement at Computex f- was hey AI um, but also uh, they announced the GeForce GTX Max-Q design notebook. Max-Q had you heard did you know what Max-Q was before Never this? Never heard of it. So Max-Q is apparently an aerospace term for the most critical point of like a rocket launch where all of the forces are at their peak and okay. if you cross it you're in the clear probably. Sure. And if you don't you blew up, right? Right. So the idea here, I guess, from stealing this name, is that like this is the kind of the optimal spot of performance and balance of noise and heat and temperature and all that type of stuff. The essential uh, just before it goes Samsung. Well, or Basically. if you get past it, then you're fine, right? Like yeah, those yeah. are your two options at this. So <laughs> Things get a little bumpy, and then oh. your frames per second goes up one more notch, and right. then it settles
3: back out. Yeah. So or the, it
0: doesn't. The idea doesn't. here <laughs> is, Nvidia wanted to push onto OEMs to make their gaming laptops thinner and lighter and quieter right so uh, this this description this comparison's kind of bum me out because like they're comparing then and now which you would almost as soon as like assume is uh, you know like last year and this year when really this is f- 2014 mm. to 2017 okay right and so that's where they are kind of like the GTX 880M came out in early 2014 um so you're getting a 3x performance boost at half the weight and and thinner design and and these are all admirable goals to have um they talk about uh picking the right gpus that work at the peak efficiency right if you look at an efficiency curve for a graphics card it goes up and then it kind of levels off um and then it goes up a little bit but slowly as you apply more voltage the performance goes up but at a much less uh Yep. Dimin- point. Returns, right? Yeah. And so, you know, they're basically saying we're we're more uh, uh, specifically picking that point of power for the best efficiency. Hmm. Uh, and then they utilize G- GFE, GeForce Experience, to like set the game settings in the right way so that you're not running on 138 frames per second on a 60 hertz <laughs> display, wasting yeah. GPU power, increasing heat, increasing fan noise, those types of things. Um they talked a lot about that. They talked about you know better thermals and, and better regulator efficiency inside the design as well. Um, and then they, they brought out some systems. This is not the Asus Zephyrus, I believe, is the name, which is... There's a picture of that open
3: next... Bad. I think the next picture down. It's interesting looking with the keyboard and the touchpad. So in order to
0: make it thin... Yeah. yeah you move the keyboard to the leading edge yeah. and then all your shit is in here so the, you so make the up your
3: thermos and surface area right. instead Thick. of thickness yeah it's so, probably yeah. just the battery is under
0: the keyboard and that's that's all and this is where all your componentry is your yeah. and stuff like that so there, there's a trade off to this it's not a perfect um, uh, uh, design for sure um still I, pretty thin you know and well, the they, absolute lack of pr from amd and the
4: overabundance of ridiculous pr from nvidia should be split up so we can get two rational companies, not
0: <laughs> just well, not the insanity
4: happen. of names we've been having lately.
0: Not yeah. going to happen. It's not gonna happen. Um, like I said, the idea is good, but I, I do feel like, so they have, they also added like whisper mode, which is like when you enable it, it actually will limit frame rates even more to keep target sound level under 40 dBA. When it's plugged in. When it's plugged in, not just when it's well, not, it, it doesn't work when it's I think it works on, in both. No, because battery
2: boost is the one for when it's on I think, DC power. I
0: think battery boost is just part of whisper mode now. It's, it's confusing. It's odd. Yeah. Um, I, I don't disagree. Um, the one thing I will say about this is it's a good idea. Don't get me wrong. Everything that NVIDIA is promoting here is let's get these OEMs to build thinner, lighter machines. Two things. The performance of a GTX 1080 Max-Q design implementation is going to be different than a GTX 1080 that was launched last year. All right? If you get a launched. GTX 1080... What? In which direction? Like, the Max-Q is going to be, no, the Max-Q is going to be lower. It's going to run at, uh, in, according to N- NVIDIA, 10 to 15% lower performance than a GTX 1080 in, like, a full-size okay. gaming notebook, um, which, to me, is a little bit odd in that... Maybe you shouldn't call it a 1080, then. Yeah, yeah. like, the GTX 1080 should be a performance level. And yeah. I know this has always kind of been wishy, you know, this has always kind of been variable in, in notebooks with to, to a small well, degree. Well, they've already whatever, done it with a 1070. The yeah. 1070
4: is not a 1070M yes. when it's mobile. It's Even the just specifications. a 1070, but it's different.
0: Yeah, yeah the, the specs are different. Like, it has uh, more yeah. shaders than the desktop one, actually. I mean, this this
3: Max-Q thing might actually be performing on par with a 1070 notebook. It's
0: it's probably close to that. Right. And so, in my mind, like, the naming conventions are a little bit disingenuous wow. at best. I would also say that... It should have gone a 1080i. <laughs> 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 it's clocked at half the speed but you know you know yeah. like it's a the 1080 TM there yeah. are already gaming notebooks like the Razer Blade B5 is under 18 millimeters thin and they're using a GTX 1060 um, like a forward I, right I, I don't I know maybe probably <laughs> so the idea that like Nvidia created this idea is also a little bit shady in my book um, yeah. but I, I kind of in in my article and in my write-up i compared it to what intel did with the ultrabook thing several years ago many years ago oh where the culv well well there was no where there was already when they first started they were ultrabook already thing. thin in lights but yeah. not a lot of them and they weren't innovating quickly yeah, so right. intel said you know what screw it you guys are stupid <laughs> ultrabooks it yeah. has to meet these five specs yeah. performance power thinness battery whatever um they to really be called... Under $1,000,
4: $1, but we don't really mean that one. Yeah, yeah. They didn't mean that No, one. they didn't. Yeah. So
0: to be called an Ultrabook. And so now NVIDIA is kind of doing the same thing here. Like, okay, we're going to create this brand. We're going to go through the effort of creating this brand and creating this market and this mindshare about, oh, we want a max-q design. What is that? I don't know. I want it. Uh, UOAMs have to meet these specs. And so it will push the gaming market, the gaming notebook market forward. Um, I just... It's, it is to me, less of a, a significant technological innovation that NVIDIA has made and more of like a marketing and, and kind of like software design in, uh, improvement that they've mm-hmm. done. And because they have the marketing push and kind of the eyeballs necessary to make it happen more than any of those gaming notebook vendors on their own, uh, I think it will be probably moderately successful in, 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 for that, right? Like I want to get a hold of this Zephyrus thing despite its STD-like name and see what it's like <laughs> using it and what's the battery life like and does it actually feel quiet does it feel like a good gaming machine you know i have i have a certain stereotype of gaming notebooks um that needs to be changed if if nvidia is going to address what they're what they what they what they want to address so um then we have, obviously, we have some to look through, like Acer announced one. Uh, oops, I think, oh, there it is. The Acer Predator Triton 700 gaming laptop with N- NVIDIA GeForce GTX Max Q design. So there you go. Under 18 millimeters thick, uh, 15.6 inch display, 32 gigs of DDR4, G Sync monitor. And very different than that other Acer that was announced recently the, uh, what was it, the 18, 19 inch with the curved? it's a 21 inch 21 inch with the curved display a little bit different there but this is a this is a 2999 laptop like 2999 yeah, bucks so it's not it's not going to be cheap that's a lot of money that's a lot of it's money it's a little bit of money um, and then oh here okay, this is what I was looking at before the Acer's uh, ROG Zephyrus is a max Q gaming laptop um, you know they claim it has 20% airflow space increase 32 32% system airflow improvement um, quieter than other competing options, right? You still have enough thickness for full-size HDMI, USB. Um, its pricing and availability starts at $2299 with a 1070 Max-Q and 256 gig SSD. And then it's um, uh, 2699 with a 1080 and a 512 gig SSD. So again, impressive looking designs, not cheap, Mm-hmm. But I still really want to see what they end up uh, creating with this stuff. So that is uh, that's that's MaxQ. And then uh, similar to NVIDIA stuff, we've got EVGA launching their 1080 1080 Ti Kingpin Edition. This is pretty cool. Guaranteed two gigahertz overclock. Mm-hmm. Here's my here's my here's my question for Jacob. I know you're listening, Jacob. It puts a guaranteed two gigahertz overclock. Uh-huh. Why are you not shipping this to me to test running at two gigahertz? Because oh.
2: they don't know the exact settings every single GPU will need to hit two gigahertz.
3: Oh yeah, it'll have like what? Supposedly one of the three BIOS will just
2: do that. You have to, no. but you have to flip to it. I no. thought no? No. no, no, no. One one of the BIOS isn't two gigahertz. You have to manually overclock it to two two gigahertz. Oh, but I think it's going to be very like mm. it can hit it, but like you really got to work at it. It's not like a one-click thing.
0: Uh, let's see. Claims that users will be able to achieve guarantee? greater performance for the Kingpin Edition compared to any other currently shipping GTX 1080 Ti. That includes a guaranteed overclock of at least 2025 right, out of, the right box, out of the box, which compares to the 1480 base 1600 boost advertised for the 1080 Ti reference.
4: Um, now, for the average consumer, that means I push a button,
0: it hits 2025. Yeah, but the average consumer does not buy Kingpin. Correct. I'd agree with that. Also true. Uh, and also, the average consumer doesn't pay anywhere from a hundred to four hundred dollars more, yeah, uh, for its video for their video card over others. Supposedly I do it has no, like, note the power uh, connectors down here. I do like that yeah. on the side panel. And like supposedly the they
3: reworked the whole like VRM. Like oh it's, sure, like it's their uh, the, own VRM design.
0: Yeah, the Kingpin design is kind of EVGA's flagship custom build, yeah. um, and it's priced that way. To be fair. Uh, but I, I'm I'm super interested to see, and there's one of the versions like, of it that I think has water barb water block barbs
3: on it.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, set. no, it, I don't think you can put an EVGA Hydro Copper like the block that already exists with 1080 i oh, on this card. Oh, like oh, they they, stole, they, okay. they made the block compatible to this PCB huh. as well, gotcha. or okay. vice versa, whichever way they did it, which is cool. Gotcha.
0: Uh, Zotac has mini GTX 1080 is If you go the other direction. They have this little tiny guy. These are awesome. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah, uh, tiny wee babies. Eight point three inches in length. Uh, it is the, and then this is a water cooled variant.
2: Um,
4: which makes more
0: sense. Which for also the looks guys. to be two slot.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Which that, is I find yeah. strange. It's because of that stupid DVI and connector. And they put the DVI on exactly. the exactly.
4: Yeah, I, just, I don't know and that should honestly be mm. an optional thing you should have a, a one slot uh, that you can replace pull out and attach yeah but you'd the, have to uh, detach the dvi
0: connection and that's then, not a so you just a have a little cable, floppy able like to it
2: <laughs>
3: but the thing is that a lot of the sli boards now will have a gap between the two slots between the two slots you would sli
0: you know, yes, especially, especially, pull. yeah. Actually, that's true because now you they don't expect you to go above two right. hardly ever. Right. So it's almost like um, you don't really. I don't know need if they make worry a about single, that anymore. I guess they don't. They
2: wouldn't
4: make a single slot hybrid bridge.
0: They call this yeah. the world's lightest water cooler.
4: Yes, also true, and, and they I, might make a single. I mean, slot I'm not a, a big water cooler, mm-hmm. um, but I question the positioning of the inlet and the outlet. It seems strange that they're coming out. Directly parallel with the GPU as opposed to pointing up. It doesn't have to. You, if you, move you can those, go up the If
3: top. you move those plugs to the outer
4: yeah. end. I was looking instead. at it and I was going, I bloody well hope that that's the way that they designed it because yeah. otherwise, what oh, tiny build <laughs> are you doing?
3: Because there's probably, uh, There's. they're probably wrapped all the way around as far as what's threaded. So there's probably six total places to like connect. One, two, three on the bottom. There'd be a top. Edge and bottom yeah. for each one. Yeah. But, so that but makes it more sense. Like but a because it's sort here, of but... a
4: render looking thing. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. It's clearly,
3: I would imagine you can have the barb sticking out the top or the bottom. Let's talk about the water cool or the air cooled one.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's the more interesting one. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. It is. This thing is awesome. Yeah. Like, I really want to do a small form factor build now with this thing.
3: I just wonder like, is it really like how much can you push out of that card with at least reference like... specs? Yeah. Sure. Right. Sure. I mean, yeah
0: like so it's they did, probably running reference and i'm fine with that. for
2: reference this is the same size and looks like the same like cooler sh- shroud well not cooler but the same like fan shroud design as their 1080 mini yeah and zotac is the only one with the 1080 mini Mm-hmm. so they kind of came out of nowhere it. with like these really cool small four factor gpus and they're the only ones doing it at these perf levels so it's kind of like The default option for these high-end small form factor systems.
3: What are they doing so special that's letting them get
4: away with it, or just nobody else is bothering to go small?
0: I think it's probably taking suspicion
4: that these are going to be a little bit louder than your average uh, GTX 1080 Ti. Yeah, I mean the fan profile is
0: going to have to
3: be faster to keep up. It's tiny.
4: Yeah,
0: tiny tiny.
2: things tend to be loud. Right. No
0: no idea on pricing or availability yet. Uh, I will will
2: say the 1080 is not drastically more expensive, really. From
0: what I remember. Over other options? Yeah. Noted. Uh, Let's see. And our last kind of like little NVIDIA-ish type thing here is the Asus ROG Swift PG35 VQ is an ultra-wide 200 hertz display with HDR and G-Sync. Jim wrote this up for us. Um, So we saw 27-inch, 25 by 4, no, 27-inch 4K Mm -hmm. HDR panels at CES. Now they're showing the ultra-wides. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is thirty four forty by fourteen forty HDR, two hundred hertz, IPS, G Sync,
3: and if that sounds familiar, because there's already an Acer like X thirty five or whatever, like it's not because that's ten eighty p, this one's fourteen forty p. Also, it's not HDR.
4: This one oh, is so
0: HDR.
2: HDR.
4: Yeah.
0: I mean, there are there are plenty of uh, of ultra wides, but uh, this is using quantum dot technology. Uh, hundred or a hundred thousand, a hundred, a thousand nits maximum brightness, 512 individual LED backlight zones. Um, Mm -hmm. so it can do local dimming and all that type of stuff. And they also have a four by three or is it four by
3: No, it's 16 by nine version of, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. The PG two seven UQ. That's the one we saw at CES.
3: Um, that's just the
2: 27 inch.
0: Again, no idea on pricing. I asked Nvidia. They said, "Ha um, ha." <laughs>
2: Literally, they said, "Ha ha." <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so the previous version of this that was a 100
3: hertz panel was 1,200 bucks. Yes. That, that's, not,
2: al- that's also what Nvidia said. And not <laughs> HDR. But they said, "Well, if you look at these panels in the market right now this, without HDR, they're 1,000 to
0: 1,200 bucks." This is, the, this is yeah. probably a $2,000 display. Yeah. Right. But. Damn, do I want it? Yeah, it looks like 200 nice. hertz IPS HDR ultra wide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all the things. It's all the things. Yeah, I definitely want it.
3: Uh, that's a lot of bandwidth to go over the cable. So
0: like, they told me they're gonna show this at E3, and I was like, mm, I don't really know. What I, I got a, I got a lot of trips in June, but I really I just want to get <laughs> to just see, see it. it. You
3: show I up, to go just see like, it. Okay, show me the panel. All right. Thank I think you. I'm gonna
0: be in Oregon. <laughs> How far is a flight from L.A.? Okay. No, nope, no. Nope, this is a dumb idea. Don't do that, Ryan. Uh, I just wish
3: Asus would do something a little different with that stand on that monitor. Cuz <laughs> it it brings the display so much further forward compared to your desk. Like you have to have a really deep like desk.
0: deep desk so yeah. that it this The stand looks a little face. bit different, but I can't tell if they adjusted that at all. Like it's, that back looks, leg doesn't look like it goes back as far. That was your yeah, complaint, right? That was the complaint. It yeah. might be
4: might be Well, a little you guys different. have seen those stands before.
0: Yeah, but I don't know if they're adjustable. Oh,
4: so. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. It looks very similar to the it previous does. one that I had it that does. issue with.
0: Just put, just bolt or screw on an just extension a, to the desk. Just a board just stuck yeah. on the back <laughs> of the desk, yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, all right. Let's talk, Josh. Let's talk. Lettuce. Tomato. The exactly. The ARM yeah. tech day where... Uh, they brought us out to Cambridge this was over a month ago now uh, uh-huh. and showed us the new cortex a- a55 a75 uh, the new mali g72 GPU and dynamic and how it all fit together I will uh, fully admit to everybody listening that we just this is a longer form discussion than we have time for uh, so I'm gonna ask you to, to highlight
1: do you formula. even remember anything from that
0: <laughs> it was like a month ago I don't know there's like, yeah, the, the that's core,
1: like you know there's some, faster, there's some po- there's some some pubs and was some and drinking. And some punting.
0: Something about DNA. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the Eagle. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, uh some major product announcements from ARM. Uh, we were expecting kind of a refresh of of the A73 and the A53 and then the G71. It turned out that these are kind of refreshes, but they're a lot more because they include Dynamic dynamic with the A55 and A75. They're the two new cores. Now, the A55 is an in-order core. They've made some major changes with it, not only to be with Dynamic, which is a new interconnect technology that allows you to uh, mix and match cores a little bit better than you used to with Big Little, It's still kind of big little, but now you've got uh, the ability to do up to eight cores of different uh, types. You can have potentially accelerators in there. So they've allowed a little bit more flexibility. Uh, The flexibility expands to how well they can clock those individually up and down. So it's not just groups of CPUs that previously we have seen kind of clock up and then clock down and power down. It's more granular that way. Uh, Voltage is not as granular, but it's mostly better than previous, so you're still gaining a lot of efficiency. Um, Interconnect is much better. They added an L3 cache, so the cache structure is the biggest difference between the A53-A55 and the A73-A75. It used to be a shared L2 cache in between all the cores, and now they've made it that each core has its own L2, so it's it's private and it's exclusive. So you've got L1 cache, you've got L2 cache with A55, having higher speed cache, and a level three that's beyond that. If you implement that with dynamic, uh, it it improves performance dramatically uh, for no real power uh, hit, right. even at the at the same process technology level. If you create one at uh, you know fourteen nanometer. With an A53 and then an A55, you're going to have pretty much the same power consumption, but you're going to have a lot better performance with the A55. They've improved the uh, the neon uh, pipelines. They've they've done things with load store. It's it's a lot more robust and it works well. Um, again, the L2 cache per core is is huge. They've cut down latencies everywhere, and so they've they've made some. Some dramatic improvements across the line with A55, A75. They've, they've kind of done that magic with the G72 graphics at the new Mali uh, GPU. They did a significant amount of engineering for what we typically view as a refresh. So a refresh for AMD on their RX series parts was a couple of percentage. This we're looking at 20 to 30% improvement for no real power Gain or loss and so that's that's really huge for arm and especially with you know competing with the people that they have um you know they're they're trying to stave off Intel, and those things uh you know it's 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 a it was a bigger jump than i expected arm mm-hmm. to have a year after a 53 and a 73 mm-hmm. because those were some big jumps and this is just as big. But they're kind of downplaying a little bit more. But overall, the SoC is is far faster overall because of dynamic, how they've rearranged everything, their memory access, the memory controllers. They can handle up to DDR4-3200 uh, low power. All these things come together for a much faster Yet, still very, very efficient SoC. And if they put all those licenses together and make something of their own with, uh, you know, maybe a couple of A55 cores and, and you know, quad A75s and, and that, and G71 with 32 uh, 32 shader cores, it's going to be a pretty robust platform. It's going to be pretty fast and it's, it's going to be the fastest that we've, you know, seen so far uh we can go into this for ages and talk about licensing how we they handle process technology how they can handle timings and all of these rules that 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 arm has and they kind of pass these on to their partners to to have a lot of flexibility in in creating their own parts we can go on that for ages but it's a bigger jump than i expected it's well worth the time um We're going to start seeing these at the end of 2017, but more than likely it's going to be early 2018 that we start seeing these products actually uh, come to market, but they're kind of worth the wait. Uh, It's, it's a significant jump in many, many workloads with both a 55 and a 75 as compared to the previous generation parts. And that's not even talking about G 72, which again, it's another 20 to 30% improvement. Um, not per clock, but with energy, uh, you know, uh, power consumption. It's it's they're all pretty sizable jumps that we would not expect with kind of a, a refresh that we were thinking of. It was
0: good stuff. Yeah, I I, I came away from the from the event up there uh, with the combination of kind of like the background on the business side, you know, with all the SoftBank stuff you talked about earlier in the show, and then talking with every different division inside ARM and really seeing uh, the aggressiveness that they have in pushing things, but not exceeding the power envelopes that they really need to. Talking with uh, guys about their large screen, uh, like their laptop-style uh, initiatives and whatnot, it has been pretty interesting. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really curious to see where this ends up. Uh, and I actually, like, I want to get in the international version of the Galaxy S8s because it has 73, 53... And previous mm-hmm. Molly in there as well, and kind of get that baseline of, uh, of experience too, and see what, see what really changes in it. So, uh, we, we'll probably talk more about this relatively soon. There's a couple of other things coming up, um, but uh, uh, good stuff, good stuff from the guys that make literally almost everything we, we use every day. Very true. But you, you should show off the uh,
4: Snapdragon art installation that's coming up next. The, the Nuvo Art uh, circuit boards.
0: Oh, yes.
4: I, I love these designs. <laughs> so, so speaking
0: of uh, uh, large screen ARM-based stuff, the at the Microsoft keynote at Computex, they announced Qualcomm and Windows, Qualcomm and Microsoft announced that Asus, HP, and Lenovo were going to be the first three partners to sign on to build Windows 10 machines using the Snapdragon 835. Uh, that's kind of a a big deal in that they got huge. they got the three, you know, three of the big, I don't I don't want to say the three biggest players. I think is Lenovo still the biggest market share winner in like notebooks uh, and PCs last time I looked,
4: yeah. You know, yeah. HP
0: is the big business enterprise, you know, them and Lenovo probably um, for 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 getting business With notebooks Dell out crying there trying in the corner. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got Asus who if you want like innovative designs that will be thin and light and push boundaries and style and all that type of stuff. Asus is, is, is the right, is the right partner to have on board. So I think they, they've covered all their bases here. Um, and so they talked about, you know, again, the benefits of gigabit LTE, the benefits of like Microsoft's talking about connected standby again. Remember when that yep. was a thing? Remember mm. when Asus showed the laptop that when it was closed, it had a little screen on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was supposed to update like how many emails and messages and stuff you had. And sounds never sounds like an awful thing. It never really worked. Right. But, but Qualcomm's yeah, with Snapdragon, argument, I bet it would. But with Qual- yeah, and then Qualcomm's argument is like, when you op- unlock your phone, first of all, it unlocks instantly, and it's always awake. It's just always ready for mm-hmm. you. You don't have to like wait for your email to sync after it connects to Wi-Fi and does all that kind of stuff. And there's, like, they said like, there's no reason. Windows and PCs can't do that. It's a matter of the architecture supporting it and the OS kind of integrating that type of stuff as well. So, connected standby story is really interesting. They claim to have a 4 or 5x improvement in connected standby power consumption compared to Intel's parts. Um so that'll be interesting to see. And then what Jeremy was referring to are these pictures here where they show this is a a a prototype circuit board for the snapdragon 835 mobile pc platform so this is what would be inside uh like a clamshell notebook mm-hmm. this is what intel <laughs> uses although they don't name intel it's very clear like a like a a, a six generation seventh generation intel core m3 i5 whatever yep. uh board that goes into those ultra thin and light ultra books they don't call them that anymore but whatever um And, you know, the board size here is 98 centimeters squared. This one is 50 centimeters squared. So, you know, that's a significant size delta, um, needs less cooling. Um, What does that get you? For an OEM, you can either make it thinner, you can make it lighter, you can add more battery. Um, You know, it allows them to be more creative with the design. This is kind of the first real instance of Qualcomm, uh, like, making a stand, like doing, mm-hmm. being aggressive in like marketing and discussion. So we'll be curious to see how that pans out. I mean, overall, I think you know they 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 showed a video of uh, a, the Snapdragon based Windows machine running Office, playing back streaming video, just showing like all of your applications are going to work. Uh, they haven't really talked specifics about performance yet, other than talking about gigabit LTE. I. I I know some laptops have had cellular connectivity for a while, but it hasn't been ubiquitous. And so it hasn't been, in my opinion, a thing that really mattered. Um, But I do think the idea of having a laptop with cellular connectivity, just like your phone – is super beneficial in the long run.
2: Mm-mm. And we're in a way better place now for like the economic side of that with data plans.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, Since it's we not all great. just
2: use one big pool and adding on a laptop will be five mm-hmm. or 10 bucks a month, it's way easier to swallow than a $40 yep. data plan for your laptop like it would have been five years ago.
4: You know, they need to put a couple of, like five years ago, they're still buying those little Mitel stuff, like little plug in uh, SIM card for your laptop so that you can get slowly so kicked connectivity yeah and yeah strangely enough at&t sprinting them they don't give you as good a deal on those it's (laughs) kind of weird so being able to plug that directly into a laptop is you know just from my day job point of view that's going to save money yeah especially if you can team it with your cell phone bill so that it's like yeah it's the same it's it's not the same That's SIM key. physically, but it's treated as the same SIM. So away you go.
0: Yeah, it's, it's got to be. Su- it's got to be super easy. Uh, I, you know, I would still like to see you know carriers have better plans. You know, more unlimiteds. You know, larger caps than twenty-two gigabytes. That type of stuff. Otherwise, you really need to have some software on these systems that is kind of monitoring your usage mm. and maybe does some things like, hey, you're on cellular. We're not going to download your Windows 10 updates today, (laughs) your your two gigs of Windows 10 updates or 500 megs, whatever it is, right? Like, you... You want to have a little bit more control over that until it is more like Wi Fi where you don't have to worry about stuff. Uh, but I think just having it everywhere, not having to worry about logging in or signing in or, mm-hmm. you know, does this coffee shop have free Wi Fi or does it not? Um, is I think is, Windows is 10 does plus. some of that
3: metered
4: connection stuff. I
3: just don't does know. How, I don't know how automatic it is as far as if it's
4: aware of, oh, this is a cell. Yeah,
3: I don't know. You know
4: i, don't I don't really tested it but it's apparently a lot better than it was yeah
0: which was uh, which with was this, zero the before.
4: new update <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, but the last one was just like no you're slurping it whether you like it or not yeah. here's the fire hose whoa,
0: whoa, whoa uh <laughs> all right let's get into a couple of storage things the qnap uh tsx 77 series this is first of all it's a nas but it's powered by a ryzen 7 8 core processor Yeah, so it's not
3: a first for QNav to have, like, desktop-class CPUs in there. We have one in the other room over there that has a
0: 6700 in it.
3: Right. Um, I even think they've had some that have come out with, like, Xeons in them. Like, they're pretty heavy on the, you know, this is, like, very much a workhorse machine. You can have it acting as a server Mm -hmm. and doing some other things in addition to also just happen to be a RAID
2: or, you know, NAS functionality. Right. Um, And these are their SMB products. These aren't like yeah. soho or consumer,
3: right? Yeah. These are these are going to be yeah. like their pricier models,
4: gotcha. basically, right? Um, oh Hell, you, as a consumer, you could run this as a system with extra storage. Yeah, and basically, it. you could. It it's, like, it's, got, um, it's got video. Like you can plug a GPU into this. They advertise
2: that. Like, it, really, it's plug. got
4: three PCI 3.0's one yep. eight x and two four x. It's got power supply headroom, so you can like. Yep. yep. It's not. And it's got like.
3: Plug. It's got like HDMI out and stuff. Yeah.
4: Huh. Like like you
3: can make you can it's use just one of these a as a machine.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, odd. I don't know why you would.
3: I mean,
4: you know, you
2: would just build a machine at this point.
4: Yeah. Because uh, you've got eight or 18 terabytes worth of storage or however much it is. You got sure,
2: but you could put that storage <laughs> into a computer. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what?
3: Uh, right. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, these new models are just going to have, uh, you know, Ryzen CPUs. So potentially, you know, all the way up to uh, eight core, 16 thread CPU cool. and an ass. Right. That, cool. And um, yeah. You so know, it's and like a good platform to, run, server to me. You know, this would be uh, a good platform to run like VMs. So you'd have like plenty of CPU horsepower for a bunch of different virtual
2: machines doing some different things, Just, or and they support like Docker and cool stuff like that too. What
0: yeah. What OS oh, yeah. does this run? It's a Windows. Uh, sure I a don't Windows. know
2: if that's the case, Alan. No, I think it runs like a Qnap Linux-based operating system, and then you can add I... in like a Windows VM you, if you need it. Yes, so, you, like you, you, you add, can add a Windows VMs VM to of it.
3: it. I thought there—I'm probably mixing. I could with, be wrong.
2: I thought previous Qnap
3: NASes were like Windows with Xeons and stuff in them, but you know that might have just been uh, i would have house, to was probably have probably
4: load up the uh, PDF again to get yeah, that. But I do believe you can emulate it.
3: Yeah. Either way, it's it's desktop-class OS though. It's not right.
4: like. You
3: know, it's not like a Synology NAS where you have to only use their plugins and their whatever. It's you know, gotcha, regular desktop right. software, right? right.
0: Uh, what else do we have? Toshiba launched the XG5 NVMe client SSD, sixty-four layer Bix flash. Is that how I'm pronouncing that right?
4: Uh, yeah,
3: B-I-C-S? I think, I think that's just what they call it. Is just Bix. What's um, Bix? It's just a type well, of Well, we uh, used to
4: have telephones that you had to punch court
1: wires directly into. Gotcha. I, I thought I thought whenever you <laughs> hand this to somebody, you say, What up, Bix? Uh, <laughs> no. Did you see
0: Did you see my the pictures on Facebook of my daughter's uh, shirt she wore to the beach when we were on vacation two weeks ago? What's up fishes? What's up fishes? Yep. It was <laughs> that was pretty good. Sorry. so Anyway. Continue. Actually
3: you should jump to the WD story first because that beat it by a day.
0: Well, I didn't and,
3: uh yeah. And it's interesting Sorry, Alex so That's so Bix Flash is uh Toshiba, but you it just is told a, me to go to the next story. But it is a Toshiba slash Western Digital slash Sand Disc slash all the other companies acquired by Western Digital. <laughs> uh <laughs> you know, maybe Sandforce included in there, uh fusion I.O. all those guys. They're all wrapped up in there. Anyway. Okay. Um Western Digital was technically the first company to announce product okay. using the 64-layer flash, right? They, sure. They, I don't know what the significance was, but they beat Toshiba by a day. Um, but the Western Digital products slash SanDisk products, which are both identical guts, but just different labels for the two different companies. As okay. if That's not any more confusion than we need already. Sure. So now we have companies rebranding their own product within their own company, which... I mean, think is do kinda, what you gotta do. you know, it gets confusing. Um, but these are all SATA products. Even though they have an M.2 product pictured on the Western Digital side, it's M.2 SATA. Okay. Um, so you're just going to look at, you know, your maximum SATA throughputs, right? Uh, 250 gig all the way up to 2 terabytes. And, I mean, that's, you know, the 250 gig model is supposed to start MSRP at 100 bucks. Decent price. Yeah. You know, for 250 gig, right? Um, so there's that, right? SATA speeds, not phenomenal, you know, as far as SSDs go okay. these days, right? Uh, however, the Toshiba XG5 is NVMe, M.2 PCI, mm-hmm. right? Um, pretty good-looking specs, like, you know, pushing three gigabytes per second reads, two gigabytes gig per second Look at how fast that goes! So They did not mention any IOPS, which, eh, I don't know, like, if that means good things or bad things. Um... In in their briefing, they included some extra data points, which were very interesting as far as how the Bix flash works, specifically how it writes. Like, the main point to bring up is that when you go to do writes to flash memory in general, it takes multiple steps in the process. So, basically, the controller or the flash chip, once it receives the page of information, kind of nudges the cell voltages. You can only nudge them in one direction. If you overshoot, you have to erase the whole block. Okay. Right. So it just nudges the voltages up, and, and it keeps checking. Right. So it nudges them a little more. All right. Am I there yet? Kind of takes multiple steps to get there. Um, Samsung's three d VNAND, when that came out, and the future iterations of it, like when they got to their, you know, their forty eight layer and whatnot, um, they were announcing and being all proud that they were like, oh look, we're, we're minimizing the number of, of these cycles that have to happen. Right. But they didn't say we could do it in one cycle. Uh, which is significant, and that's what this Bix claims to be able to do. And even to be able to program in what they call just one-shot program, which is basically just one cycle programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can also do it at TLC voltage levels. In other words, they can do triple-level cell. Programming What's the benefit of that? It's speed.
0: At, even though you're using TLC, which even though is though you're hierarch- doing TLC, higher density, it's supposed to take like, density, theoretically gotcha.
3: the same amount of time to do the writes, so you wouldn't really see uh, penalties in like your throughput specifically for writes, which is usually where flash is slowest, Okay. right? Uh, so potentially pretty interesting stuff there, especially if they're able to claim, you know, two gig per second write specs on, on, you know, these SSDs for, right. Uh, for NVMe, right? Uh, so that's good for them. That's good for the companies, you know, and competition and everything. Samsung definitely needed something to compete with their VNAND because they've just been wiping the floor with everybody on, in performance yeah. so far, right? Uh, the only catch... Uh, XG5 is an OEM only product. Uh, so Why would they do that? You have to roll that. Well, it's notice it's not labeled Ocz, and Ocz is Toshiba's uh, sure, retail don't, brand.
0: Don't. Oh, so you just assume there's going to be an Ocz version there of this coming out? There should be oh, an okay. Ocz
3: version of this, but it's not out. Not here, being announced right here. But it's probably going to be the same thing. You know, follow the formula, right? They've they've done this before okay. since the since they were acquired by Toshiba. Toshiba comes out with their OEM side, and then Ocz launches. You know. The Do they,
0: they say when this OEM version is shipping? Is it in products uh, yet? Is second it second half? Okay, I believe. All right. Um, okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, so that's fine. It's just the taste of things. There's come, a much right? quicker rollout it's, period for retail parts than there is for OEM parts. Uh, usually, yeah. 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 Like you don't have to. Like you, know, you can just put a put them in a box and, and ship it out. That's true. Right. Whereas true. getting OEM validation and all that type of stuff takes a little bit longer. So.
3: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, the specs look good. You know, it's it's just. Promising, OCC needed some help on the flash, you know, sure. category. Right? Yeah. They're kind of being held back by having to use flash that was not 3D and you know, cost right. more to make and whatnot. So, right. is that mean time to failure or typo? Uh, M T on which one? Mean M T B the spec sheet. Yeah, that one. Oh, the M T T F. Yeah, I've seen that written with a T in one point five places. million hours. Not
2: yeah, what you- that's like
3: yeah, one hundred and seventy years. Um, yep.
2: This drive
0: will yeah. never fail,
3: yeah, I'm not sure how that metric is calculated,
0: yeah, that first comma is supposed to be a point, so it's one point five zero 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 <laughs> hours it runs for yeah. one point five hours
1: <laughs> fifteen hundred hours or so you'll be fine. Get your work in before it crashes.
0: <laughs> hurry hurry hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs>
1: Back up.
4: Right. Back up, right now, and uh we That's why the we sh- give you such fast storage. So you can save quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, talk about the Western Digital, we're about the Western Digital Blue slash uh, Sandisk Ultra. I and mean, even the packaging is identical. Like, like it's there's, there's literally a sticker difference. It's just like a sticker difference. There's no yeah. Sandisk M.2, though. And they what put up?
3: to differentiate them, they put 3D in the name. So it's like the
0: the, the yeah 3D, 3D SSD.
3: That's the Western Digital Blue 3D oh, NAND SATA SSD. know oh, this is my right. favorite. Oh wow, this is a big picture. Whoa <laughs>
0: Wow I should hang, have on, hang, that on, hang on, hang on, hang
3: on. Or he going? That's a nice font. <laughs> Boom. Ultra. Marketing 3D, win 3D SSD. 3D
0: yeah. SSD.: That's pretty. can't be. I don't know that. why
3: they don't just consolidate the names at this point, and like, I know they're worried about having the name that you recognize, so just put both on the thing. That's even
2: more confusing. It's called the Western Digital Sand That's weird.
3: It costs them
2: nothing to make to like just to label two it skews in, the, in
3: the channel, like it's marketing and it's all this, you know. And sorry. Right.
4: oh, yeah, tell that to the accountants, Ken. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. costs nothing
2: to not make Nothing, I guess.
0: <laughs> I know everything. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh we got we only have a couple of more things to get through here. Uh, two notebooks that I, that I thought were interesting from Asus the Zenbook Flip S UX 370 is the world's thinnest 13 inch two in one, it does have Windows 10s. Um, so take that for what you will. Uh, 10.9 millimeters thin with a weight of 2.4 pounds. It's thinner and lighter than competing 13-inch convertibles while packing uh, the Intel Core i7-7500 processor up to a 1-terabyte NVMe flash SSD and 16 gigs of memory. That's an impressive-looking photo. That's skinny. There, for sure. Um, I haven't been that skinny since I was, like, 17. Or ever. The underside, (laughs) you can see the world's most compact Ergolift 360-degree hinge. It is a 4K uh display um it is a very thin bezel let's see uh saddled by just a 6.11 millimeter side bezel with class leading 80 percent screen to body ratio is the camera uh, on this top <laughs> to be cheap has touching no i'm gonna guess the camera is not on top the webcam is probably well no the top bezel is a little bit thicker no, so it's maybe, possible maybe um so you can see it is thinner than the hp specter the macbook air and the macbook eat that ken what do you think about that it's thinner than your macbook I don't have any of those machines. What you, oh, you have the MacBook Pro. Uh, <laughs> it's thinner than that, but it's definitely thinner than that, yeah. yeah. Uh, it supports the Asus Pin, so it will have Windows 10S, but it, you know, apparently you can upgrade that. Yes. But it starts at 1099. Now, that's not for that one terabyte NVMe SSD version. 1099. No. Right. Thank you. you. Is it do, only a 4K display or is there a
2: lesser uh, I don't know the answer
0: to that. I would guess at 1099 there's a 1080p option. I hope so. I would think so. Josh, did you see this press conference at all? Did you miss Johnny Xi? I, I missed Johnny Xi. He did. He did it. I, I, every time he did it, I thought of you, Josh. He held the laptop like this, <laughs> straight center. Thank you. And he turned to the right so people could take pictures holding it. Thank you. Thank you. It's like, thank you for and taking And then he a went to the left, and he went, and thank you. And went <laughs> <laughs> to the center. <laughs> every time he was holding a product, he did that three-step oh, process. Oh, man. Did, uh, did Jensen Wong uh, just kind of own him? Uh j- I did not see the ROG one. No. I would no. heard that that was that was a thing. Uh yes, I had heard that as well. Yes. Took over. There's there's clearly a difference in personality between those two <laughs> executives. Let's put it that way. Just a little. Uh the other Asus laptop was the Zenbook Pro UX550. Uh this is in Core i7 CPU plus a 1050 Ti. And then a 15-inch 4K screen in four-pound package. Um, so it's got up to the Core i7-7700HQ or the Core i573HQ, four gigs uh, of memory on the GTX 1050 Ti, 16 gigs of system memory, enough to a one-terabyte flash SSD. 73-watt um, hour. Yeah. yeah. This thing is awesome looking. Yeah, like, hu- a huge battery. Um,
2: dedicated graphics.
0: Yep. Dedicated graphics. Processor. Let's see, um, two Thunderbolt three ports, uh, two USB 3.1 Gen one Type A ports, full size HDMI, three and a half millimeter jack, integrated micro SD card reader. Uh, and it does have full HD and 4K options. Um, it has four speakers on it. I don't know if that's going to help much.
1: But those, those look like uh, Gen uh, C. Ports
0: on the, yeah, the uh, right the, hand oh, yeah. side. Two, two, Thunderbolt ports. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, two Thunderbolt ports and then two Type A ports, uh, and then full size HDMI and micro SD. Starting price of twelve ninety nine for this one. It's not bad. Yeah. You it's know. Not horrible. Thinking full HD, Core i five, probably two fifty six gigs of storage. Mm, probably eight gigs of rem- memory for that. Maybe sixteen. You never know. Um, but with the ten fifty Ti in there, that's. Wow. Well, it, that the, the 1290 i probably doesn't have a 1050 ti in it if i had to
2: guess yeah. it might have a 1050 in i it. bet
0: it does i don't know again i'm just guessing yeah. but i i i don't know they talk they they emphasize the the discrete gpu in this quite a bit so i'd be surprised if they had one without it but maybe they would um so that's as in but there's one
1: thing i could comment on
0: you uh, I'm really okay
1: yeah how many black shirts we're all wearing tonight
0: I pretty much. If you look in my closet, there's only black T-shirts. Very rarely do I. Uh, I really don't like Alec black T-shirts.
2: You really, black T-shirts can. are the best. No, they show Damn. lint and dust and
0: everything. Yeah, but they hide everything. Oh, else. No, I'm sexing there. up the gray lagonite. Like shirt. I spilled, I spilled pizza to myself for dinner, and my wife and my wife, my daughter wiped pizza hands on my shoulder, and you can't tell. Huh. If I was wearing a white T-shirt, you a well, white t shirts are I can't awful too. Right next day. Yeah, yeah I can't white tell. T-shirts. Yeah, I can't do that. Gray, great T-shirts, many shades I of gray. Like, I just like dark. <laughs> Like fifty, See? he has like fifty different shades, of gray, shades gray. of gray. Yeah, in his closet. Wait a minute. Mm. Mm. Uh, MSI mm. announced Jeremy. MSI announced four new gaming laptops. I didn't really have a specific place to put these, so I threw this at the end. Everything from the GT eighty three VR Titan SLI with its mechanical ass keyboard. Um, oh wow, <laughs> that's
2: a much. I know that's a Titan
0: with the mechanical. Never mind. It's black. Yeah, I thought they announced yeah.
2: a smaller. It order.
4: is also black. Yeah. So, so what's it's interesting here, pizza Jeremy? Grease. Well, for one thing, it doesn't have a Titan in it. Mm. Yeah, still. However, it does have a pair of GTX 1080s in it. Like which is just craziness. There, I mean, yeah. the, well, and, there, is the, there a mobile 1080? There's not really. Oh. There is not. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, they put 1080 SLI in this, uh, which is wait, just wait. insane. It probably weighs a bit. <laughs> 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 I'm just guessing here. There's a good chance. It probably hovers on the table. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when it gets (laughs) when it gets warmed up, it certainly will. And uh, all of these are sporting, if I can find where I wrote it down. There it is. Uh, 120 hertz uh, HDR display uh, with three mega megas millisecond refresh rate, which is G Sync. What resolution? Uh, Most of them are sitting at uh, UHD. not oh. 1080, not 4K, the... It's a 1440 no, UHD tech. is
0: 4K. Wow. Well, yeah. Oh. 3840 by yeah. 2160. Yeah. So it, these
4: either, are though. insane screens on a laptop, and, and you can certainly see on them that, yeah, it is fairly thick because, well, you, you need those exhaust ports in the back to be able to cool these <laughs>
0: graphics. <cards>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. I you mean, it's not so so a yeah,
3: on The max one, one is design. a Cherry
4: MX Silver um, with fully infected RGBs. Uh, the GT75 VR is simpler, or it's very similar, but they've dropped it down to a single GPU. Right. Although, if you want to spend a little bit more, you can get the uh, Mobile 1070s in SLA, which is probably not a bad choice. All of them are Cabby Lake. Uh, the vast majority of them are overclocked uh, to 4 gigahertz or higher. And... The other one is the Raider variant, which also has uh, the rocket ship part to it. Right. It, it's been designed with that uh, Max Q. So, it, and that, that those are the uh, 15 and 17 inch displays that I was saying earlier in the show uh, have HDR and G Sync. So, the panels exist, panels are in these things. So, it's going to be interesting to they see how in well them. they work. They are and deep very. in them. <laughs> Gross.
0: I, so this yeah. reminds me, like, we did a article and video that looked at like all of the MSI laptops at the time. I think we had like with 12 in here or something. <laughs> there stacks I think it was
2: more than that. It took that, forever
0: <laughs> to like rebox them all back up. And these form factors are very similar. There's a little bit of difference, but like this stealth, uh, this I guess, are they calling it the Raider now?
4: Yeah, it uh, is the Raider now.
0: I, I actually think that's the the gt 63 something something was actually really impressive uh at the time just it, again this is one of those ones that's like it was sub 18 millimeters they were doing it before nvidia made them yep there's probably a little bit of like a grumbling inside razor and msi and those guys were like, hmm, we were already doing this and now you're making everybody else to it it's gonna steal our thunder that type of thing uh but but impressed by these by these machines for sure and finally killer networking
3: Ah, good old now we're not about networking. teaming.
0: Uh, this was actually this is kind of interesting. This was something that Ken and I met with uh, the, the the killer guys at CES, just a sit down lunch type thing. They said, "Here's this idea. This is what we think. What do you guys think?" And we gave them some feedback on on a feature that they were uh, working on, and now it's called uh, Killer Extend. And the idea is this: say you have a motherboard that has, oops, uh, that maybe has. 802.11 AC Wi-Fi, and mm-hmm. it has maybe three, maybe four networking jacks. That's a lot of networking jacks, Ryan. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit what crazy. What would I do with all Almost those networking god-like. jacks? I'm glad you asked what you could do with all these next. What if you could turn your computer into a switch or extender
4: mm-hmm. this way? So Wait, I take my $300 motherboard and $1,000 chip and turn it into a switch? In addition to whatever else you're doing,
0: yes. So oh, the idea okay. is it's got killer you gonna uh, run, Wi-Fi. You're going to run VMs and have free
1: BSD, B1, and that'll be your router and your firewall. Okay, that makes yeah. sense.
3: Does killer have a Linux uh, driver?
0: <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. So a couple things. This is not This is not. – they're not creating the a router does. for you, right? Like you don't plug your WAN in here and then go out from that. You still have to have a router. Yep. Right, The idea is uh, if you're, like I think a lot of people are, if your router is in a closet somewhere or, or it's upstairs in an office or mm-hmm. downstairs in the living room and your PC is upstairs in your office, mm-hmm. this allows you to run one wired network connection up to your PC and then you have two or three, there are going to be boards that ship with four of these, and make a switch. You can hook your other external devices up to it. You've got an Xbox up there. You've got a printer up there. You've got whatever else. You connect it to this. It's like connecting it to... A switch okay the other option is um oh and if you do that then you enable the wireless to be an access now point it's an access and point. it's now it's an extender and now your upstairs has better wireless connectivity without having to get into mesh networking or the other kind of stuff will it go the other way yes so you can use the wireless as the backhaul the router mm. and then now you have a three or four port switch on your Yep. Machine. And
3: this might be the fastest wireless receiver that you have right. in that area. Right. I mean, so, look at those freaking
0: antennas on that thing. Right? Yeah.
3: So, like, you know, you'll get the high bandwidth over that, and then you can distribute it to the other computers over the wired network.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, think of how, like, how many of us have a switch sitting on our desk next to a desktop. Yeah. Well, there's literally... We, we do. A,
3: there's literally Hey, hey a, guess what? Uh,
2: you could not have that switch sitting there. If you don't have to buy that switch, yeah. eventually, as this, like, starts to roll into motherboard that you might just okay. buy yeah like, I have, I have
3: cat sex, like, running from my
2: basement up to my office. Yeah. Like, literally up the stairs. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, like, <laughs> it sucks. Just and, and just there are multiple PCs in your office, right? Like, you have your yeah. wife's laptop and, like, and a have, desktop for so your I have wife. A Switch sitting in the office. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. now you I already mean, have that Switch, you,
0: so... Say you have a NAS, and you can attach the NAS directly to this, and you it's, could. like, connecting it to a Switch. You access it the same way you would normally. Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid you have a
2: game console sitting there. Now, yeah. the,
0: the important thing here is that, like, so Killer came at it this and said... This doesn't cost any, like, much more. It's going to be a little, like, tiny, tiny bit more because of the extra connectors. Right. Right? But in terms of logic and licensing and, and chips, there's no, there's no real change. Okay. Um, and also, like, motherboard vendors were struggling to figure out what to do with this space on the back of the on the back panels of these boards, right? You don't have to worry about display connectivity on your X 299 platforms yep. or anything like that, or your your thread rippers or whatever. You can only put so many USBs back there. You can only, you can only have so many <laughs> USB. Uh, uh, you know, you've still got these legacy you audio You never connection. have
3: enough USBs, but you know. True.
0: <laughs> so here is uh, another solution for it. I, I, yeah. It's yeah, it's no, not going to be idea. for everybody, but it is one of those things. that's just like yeah, okay. And then they have. Um, I don't think we have a screenshot of it in here, but. My, my only concern, like would be the like, software, like you know how the QoS software works, yeah, the killer on Killer, and they, yeah. right? And the issue I always had yep. was it it only functioned on your machine, and yep. then once it once your traffic left, it was up to a router, right? And they did release a Killer branded router that oh. had QoS in that, mm. but now you can have like this the other the three or four machines everything. you have connected to this yeah. can now QoS for everything behind it, not mm-hmm. everything on the network, but everything behind it, whether mm-hmm. it be the wireless or. Um, you know the the wired machines yeah. on it, so it's it's a okay. C- suddenly, that's making more sense. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's kind of a cool progression in like what do you do with networking? Like, how do we yeah. how do we make it a little bit easier? And The idea of just kind of integrating a switch onto your motherboard at first sounds kind of like. And I, and I
3: think if you had just a regular like standard wired cable modem, you might be able to just like you might almost have this act like a router. No. You might have to. You cannot. They were they you can't. Were
0: pretty.
2: I mean, it
4: doesn't do DHCP. No. Oh crap! Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't want it to either. I don't think.
0: Hmm. Yeah, th- there were security reasons why they didn't want to get in- they didn't want to get into that game. Yeah, right of of, of managing yeah. that stuff. So it's a router, and then this.
3: Okay. So you'd right. have to have your you'd have to have your regular router, and if you want this handling QoS for your whole house, you'd have to pass it through this before. it went Yeah, I
0: mean, you could else. basically go router into this. Yeah. And then everything else from it. You right. mean you could even hook. Another, like, if you needed more than three or four ports, but you could say that. Another, 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 another switch. switch. No, oh, another switch. yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, no, it acts the same. it off before that. Yeah. So, so,
4: so when Windows, there, updates, there was an article somebody yeah. for when us Windows wrote takes about down. Windows updates, segregating network goes down. your networks. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, whatever, that's fine. I'm just telling that's you, like, you could do though. it. You yeah, could yeah, do yeah. it. It is interesting. So that is, and when yeah. your if lag is
4: too high, you can just unplug somebody because you're, well, <laughs> yeah, you're right, so you right at the same <laughs> computer. True. Unplug, and, you, oh, unplug
2: know, you, unplug you, out. I, you're out, you're, you're out, all you're all out. out. I think we kind of had this reaction when they talked about it at CS, Ryan and I. It's it's a very intriguing concept that I feel like a lot of people could come up with some like use cases that work for them for, but it's kind of difficult to sell to an entire audience of enthusiasts. Like yeah. you should buy you should buy this board because it has four nicks on it. That's not the case, but they can get this into motherboards that you're already buying for other reasons like hey guess what i just need an extra network port one day i don't have to dig i don't have to go find a switch or dig it out i could just like even if i have a switch on my desk and it's full and yeah the,
0: the killer software is pretty um straightforward you know i've i saw screenshots of it of like okay you just you can switch the wireless from extender to backhaul like you know What you get to pick which ports you want to be switches, which one you want to be, um, you know, your your connection or not, right? Like you get it's easy, easy, easy to easy to operate. Uh, And their soft my experiences with their software have been pretty good in the past, so I have no reason to believe this would be any different. So, (sighs) all right, hey, end of the list. So we're not doing any hardware software picks the week, man. We finished early. It's only eleven thirty. Oh no,
4: I think we all (laughs) have the same pick this week. What's that? The end of Computex. Yeah.
0: Copy text goes on for several more days, but I think the mass news is over. I think I think we've 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 covered our bases in terms of like we hit the Nvidia, AMD, Intel's, ASUS, MSI, Gigabyte. I think we'll have some posts uh, um, about Gigabyte motherboards and notebooks coming up. And there's a couple of other things in the in the Trello doc I see here. But yeah,
4: yeah, Zbox. If you could send some good PR, that would be nice. A couple of pictures. By good PR, he it.
0: means well formatted text and images
4: yes i would agree with that and information
0: uh yeah so that's it guys thank you very much uh for hanging out uh, we'll be back next week with way less stuff to talk about hopefully um certainly at, not more at our normal operating hour of 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific as well so uh, again pc slash podcast that's where you can find all the back episodes all of our show notes for the links to all of the stories that we talked about Today, uh, and uh, all the other goodies that go along with it, including our our Patreon. oh actually, I want to mention before we cut off here, John Faros pledged five dollars. Nice. Thank you, John Faros. Another new You'd have done four ninety nine, or you can get it on five ninety nine, Josh. You never know. Okay, five ninety nine. If we're gonna round, round up. If we're gonna go, go up. I guess. Uh, so that's gonna be it for us, everybody. Thank you very much. I'm Ryan Shrevel. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. My
1: mouth is close to the microphone, Josh Walrath,
0: and I'm Alan Malventano. Thanks, everybody. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at Patreon.com/PCPer.